Next talk tonight, we're going to be discussing Fauci Lied about ivermectin and other early remedies. Why did he do it? I invite professionals to come up, researchers, scientists, even some of the fake doctors on Twitter, researchers, and the likes. If I'm wrong about this, let me know. Uh, I just want to know why these early treatments were available. Clearly they were. And they had results around the world. I think ivermectin had been around 65 years. Uh, So you guys come give me your opinion. Tell me why this is what it is. Seems to me like that there was a bunch of treatments that were readily available, easily manufacturable, had proven results for years, and was working successfully around the world to prevent severe COVID, particularly in early stages. Uh, My name is Grant Cardona. I am not a scientist. I am a curious civilian that was never vaccinated because it never made sense to me. So let me set the room up to invite some of you guys up to speak. If you have something to say, raise your hand. If you don't have anything to say, I'll I'll bring you up. And um, I don't want this to be an echo chamber. Certainly willing to be wrong on this. But it just appears to me that Fauci and Bill Gates collectively lied to a lot of people. I don't know how they're not dead yet. What do you mean? Someone should have killed Fauci already. He killed millions of people. Why do you say that, my friend? Um, I don't know. Someone just needs to sacrifice one for the team. Just to end him. Wow. That's, 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 that's hardcore right there. My whole and family you... hates him. We hate Fauci. What, why, why is that? All the lies he's done, and I don't know. He's just crooked. He's a crooked human. Mm. Did you read the uh, the real Fauci by Bob Kennedy? Uh, no. I just know I hate him. I thought if I saw the dude, I'd punch him in the face. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey Grant. You know, yeah. th- if we think kind of deeply about this, Fauci was the perfect setup guy for this. I mean, I, I think you might agree that if you've served under so many presidents, re- regardless of Democrat or Republican, and then you finally have gained the trust of these presidencies and these cabinets, and something like this goes down and you've made a deal with the devil, the government and the pharmaceutical company know that you can get something and make billions of dollars. It doesn't matter if you, you know, just kill millions of people because the people are just numbers. They've still got their tax money coming in. So even if you sacrifice a small percentage or portion, and, and look where it goes. Look to obese. Look for comorbidities. Look for the way it affected the people who weren't taking care of themselves. It affected them much larger than healthy people. And so if you go after a vaccination and you say you're at risk and something happens, well, guess what? They can say it was 15 different things, but they can't really, you know, I guess, pinpoint it to that one thing so i think that this was a total setup uh for all the uh the fun doctors that we know of you and i do as well as the real doctors i'm noticing more of the real doctors are saying yeah ivermectin was working and the fake doctors were saying no way it was ineffective and go to the vax and those were the ones who i believe somehow have an incentive to say it was more vax than ivermectin 
And so I, I don't know how that plays out, but I think Fauci's the fall guy because he knows he's never going to be held accountable. He's got immunity. He's got protection. Doesn't matter what he does. He got away with it. And that's the case. So I don't know. I think it was a setup and I think this was all planned. Yeah, it seems like there's just tremendous volumes of, of, of validation that at least ivermectin worked in early treatments. And then they came out and started calling it the worm pill. I know Joe Rogan did some stuff on it saying, wait a minute, why are they calling it a worm pill? It's been around for years. I think India had been using it. There's at least uh, three or four countries that dropped it from their protocols. And as soon as they did, uh, their COVID deaths skyrocketed. Like it was like in three weeks, they reversed it. I forget what city. It might have been Finland. Anyway, I, I just heard this data today. Uh, and some stuff I was researching. So love to invite everybody up that has an opinion on this. If you're a doctor or research person, you're an expert in the field, please uh, let, let us know what the truth is, is on this. Last thing I'll say about this. I really lost it, and I lost all credibility and, and faith in our government and Fauci when he said, you know what, we should actually jab perfectly healthy children. And that's where I, I can't understand or see Anywhere where that makes sense, when they've already survived it for three years, even if they've gotten it, we've all been exposed to it. Now, we might not have contracted it, but we've been exposed to it. And we're, we're now in less le- lethal subvariants. So it makes no sense to me that you're going to get a vax for something two years ago that was deadly or, quote, as deadly as something else, which was very low. But now it's not even as deadly. And there's a new variant and it's not protecting you against it. Yeah. And, no and it's I, I was reading today that ivermectin taken in the first days of a COVID and now people are actually using it as a preventative, but um, the success rate was like 86%. Yet we were all told it was terrible. And I think the hydroxy uh, chloroquine was also a similar result. Barbara, do you know anything about that? You know, I didn't read that, but I did recently read it that, um, just taking increased amounts of vitamin D helps the immune system. And none of that was ever addressed by Fauci or any other um, public figure. And, you know, all of this is very dis- disappointing, devastating. More, There was a YouTube 21-year-old, or was it 18, 18-year-old YouTube star that died suddenly um, reported in the last 24 hours. I mean, it's this is devastating. If you're watching Pebble Beach right now, there was a caddy that collapsed and died suddenly yesterday, and they're not even talking about it. What what, what, what Pebble Beach tournament? Uh, PGA tournament. I'm watching it right now. Wow. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's going on. Yeah, and so he was – they said when they found him, his color wasn't good, and they knew he was gone. But it was a died suddenly type thing. They had no idea. Cardiac arrest. There you go. Wow. But what's interesting, I find they just keep going with – the boosters and the marketing and the advertising and the, the fear strategies. It's just, it's a relentless machine. You know, um, my, my girlfriend's daughter just was um, in a ballet competition and they were like, your daughter has to show her vaccine card. And she's like, no, she doesn't have one. Number one, number two, what does it matter anymore? You got a You, you, you got a girlfriend back? <laughs> My friend, she is a girl. <laughs> you got a girlfriend? I know that wasn't going to land well. My, my, Let's talk is, about it. <laughs> ain't no shame in that game, but no, I'm, you know, Dan's all man. <laughs> Dan is all man. 
uh, how's Singapore? Man. Where are you? Where are you in the world? Man, I'm live. I'm live. I'm live in Singapore, man. Live in Singapore. You know, but we got we got a very important conversation. I see Jonathan Bing has stepped in the building. Oh, do I go? And, do um, I take a you know, dive? As usual. <laughs> Am I going? Jonathan absolutely Biden. not, man. Absolutely not. That that goddamn pro vaccine, J- Jonathan. Jonathan, right? Look up top. Look up top of that title. What is your answer to that question? Let's I'm talk not about qualified it. to answer that question, you know, because. Answer uh, the goddamn question, man. Come on. Hold on one I second. Am, uh, uh, I, 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 I know it's not the recommended treatment. Uh, I understand it's not the recommended treatment. And from what I understand, I was told, uh, they said, does not work is what I've been told. Hydrochloroquine does not work. And I think a lot of people, and, and ivermectin, I think a lot of people have died trying to use it. A lot of people have died trying to use it. I mean, you 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 got to make that make sense to me, my brother. Where where's your proof? Where your facts? That's garbage by family doctor recommended hydroxychloroquine. Hello, everyone. I used to direct political talk shows for five years for William Wagner and Comcast Channel Twenty Five in Santa Barbara. Hi, Uncle G. Much Damn. I need to share all this intel with you guys. Let's go, man. I Let survived rip, a vaccine. I survived a vaccine injury when I was a newborn child. Uh, they pumped me with the MMR and way too many jabs in one sitting. The doctor said he wanted to save time. When you're supposed to go back every couple months to the next one, they jabbed me 10 times in one sitting. That's the kind of medical malpractice that's been going on. Now, let me tell you, as I got older, I got a degree in communication, did a little bit of real estate background, Keller Williams. I own property now by Lake Powell. I'm a small business owner. Hallelujah. Uh, believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ. Um, let's not get too spiritual, but let me just get back to the point. Directing political talk shows for five years, uh, the host and producer of the show is William Wagner. That's W-A-G-E-N-E-R. He has an endorsement by Ted Gunderson, former uh, special agent of the FBI. Um, that opens the, the television show. If you watch the clips on YouTube, the TV show, again, is called On Second Thought. I was required to read a couple of books for research. Uh, we had to read a book called Emerging Viruses by Dr. Leonard Horowitz. That's a doctor. His very first chapter. This book is over, I think, 20 years old now, and that was covering the HIV Ebola outbreak. I'm not making this up. This is Dr. Leonard Horowitz's testimony in his book. You can get the free PDF online. DM me. I'll try to send you a copy of the PDF later. He claims with evidence and citations that Dr. Fauci had a hand in creating HIV. And what they did was they basically told a bunch of medical students on their internship, you're going to go to Northern Africa and save lives by injecting all these people with this vaccine. And what happened next? HIV and AIDS broke out all over Africa. Do you remember the official news story? It was some dude had sex with a monkey. Now it's some dude ate bat soup in a China wet market. They always blame it on some dude to take the attention off of Fauci and Bill Gates. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get an amen? Fuck no. Uh, Hell no. I'll give you a hallelujah and an amen. Yeah, I mean, this guy, I blocked this guy. Um, Jonathan, I had to block you, man. You're controlled opposition for the establishment. Sorry. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, man. I, I like you, you man. I, I, I like really, this guy. I really, I really appreciate you guys. I have to speak the truth, and I'm not going to, you know, speak out of turn or take too much time here, but you're welcome to DM me. Um Murder by injection by Eustace Mullins actually breaks down the numerous ways that the American Medical Association um, and the powers that be in the medical establishment are literally poisoning the public of the United States of America. This is murder by injection, nonfiction by Eustace Mullins. I'll post about it later on my 
Twitter wall, and I, I read excerpts from this on my Instagram because I know not everybody can afford a book in this economy, but this is worth a $25 book. And he testifies that, believe this, uh, this is unbelievable. The American Medical Association was started by a fraudster named G.H. Simmons, who was pretending to be a gynecologist because back then the vetting process to become a doctor was not as stringent as it is these days. So he was literally going around pretending to be a doctor so he could touch vaginas without a license. That's G.H. Simmons. So if the fish rots from the head, look at where our medical establishment is now. I mean, you go to the hospital sick, it's $25 for just one aspirin. You think they care about your health? So um, I could keep going on, but I want other people to be able to share their turn. And Grant, maybe we'll talk a real estate deal. I got uh, 10 empty lots out here by Lake Powell. Come visit anytime. Your stay at Liberty Vacation Rental is free. LibertyVacationRental.com. Thank you. Man, see the way he pitches his business, man. That's my guy, man. I like this guy. Coming in hot. You know, I, I got a question for you. I got a question for you, right? Why did you block my brother, Johnny? I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and unblock him right now. But I've had to deal with so much nonsense, um, you know, with people just calling me names and being rude to me. I'm trying to block out disinformation because now we are in the age of deception. We've left the age of information a long time ago, and there's so many people just reaching for whatever info they want and calling it truth. I mean, kids think they can have five or six genders now. I mean, come on, really? You think taking away guns from long-abiding citizens is going to stop school shootings? Like, people are just making up whatever truth they want. And so I'm blocking out nonsense. But I'm willing, Jonathan, I'm going to unblock you because it was kind of rude to do that. And I do want people to wake up. And I can't I can't expect people to listen to my side of the story if I'm going to block them. So to be fair, I'm going to do that right now. Thank you very much. That's good. That's good. J- Jonathan, what, what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about all, all he said? Let's talk about it. Well, Nelson, uh, I don't have much to say about that. I'm, I'm at the point right now. I want to listen and learn. So give me a moment. I just got in here. I want to hear what people are saying. I, I just don't believe it works. So I want to hear. So Much respect. Good. Much respect. My family doctor, uh, we, I went on a ski trip with him because uh, he's helped me out with my family a lot. And he had hydroxychloroquine with him in his suitcase. And he gave me one. He was taking one just before he went skiing. 100%. Once again, guys, welcome to the room. Welcome to the space. Make sure you're retweeting the space if you're in here right now. Bottom bottom right corner, retweet the space to your hallway. And, um, you know, I see my brother B. Bizzle hey, and Ben Stock in the building. Let's you know, talk it, about it. it. Nelson, I just heard what Jonathan said, and, you know, categorically it's false. Right? He said, I want to hear what people say. I want to, you know, uh, listen. And it's nonsense. We've been talking about hydroxychloroquine. I, I, I was given hydroxychloroquine by a French doctor in uh, March of 2020 when I was sick. It took him two days to ship it over to me, so I had three or four days without it. And within by taking the second dosage, it immediately had an impact on me. And, you know, it was crazy. My, my wife got uh, COVID two weeks later or three weeks later from me, and the governor was banning. Police I, reported ahead. The governor was banning a doctor from prescribing that medication for people in New York state, governor Cuomo prevented it. And the, the guy in France had treated claimed to treat over 700 patients without losing a patient with hydroxychloroquine. And I looked to them because they were experiencing what we were going through in the States, but a couple of months ahead of us. And, and you know, so and you know, I, I heard the doctors are supposed to do no harm. And so if a do- medical doctor prescribes, hydroxychloroquine, and it could work, and it might work, then what would be the purpose of stopping it? And the only thing I could come up with, it was a 56-cent cure 
uh, or a 56 cent remedy. And, and that's not what was on the uh, government's agenda. Well, they already have the vaccines ready to go locked and loaded. They had merchandise they had to get off the shelves. They destroyed tens of millions of um, ivermectin. I think 60 million pieces of ivermectin were destroyed, claiming that they had some kind of violation in order to get rid of them. This was literally before COVID was blown. Was This is 2019, before COVID was even a thing. Like, I'm starting to do some research on this. I probably waited too long, but, but I, I, you know, I'm starting to dig in. Uh, I'm getting ready to do another interview with Bobby Kennedy, and I'm like, okay, I got to see what Bobby's – because Bobby's done – years of research on this and when you look into like if you go back and read the book Fauci what what is the real Tony Fauci Jonathan I don't know if you would read that book or listen to it but the amount of evidence is staggering and and Grant to go back to the evidence about him being deep uh, thick as thieves with the Chinese government in, in gain-of-function uh, research. He, he Not only did he take part in producing COVID, then he sold us and profited from selling the United States government and our people the cure. 100%. No. And what, what if they would have taken all that money that they, uh, that they spent on marketing the, the vaccine and talked about preventive care and preventive maintenance? I mean, think about it. It just makes it so obvious. Jonathan, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your take on that. I mean, they didn't talk anything about diet, exercise, like Barbara said, vitamin D, turmeric, whatever else could, could have possibly helped. Jonathan, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Nelson, I, once again, um, let me just say this right here, Nelson. Man, man are, are you camping out on the stage, bro? <laughs> no, I'm not camping. Uh, if I'm uh, camping out you know, I, I've, I've never heard you be so silent. <laughs> I get before. worried, I mean, too. About, Do you get worried? No, 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 I'm not. You know, Nelson, <laughs> Damn, I'm not, 100%. Let me just say this. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> we lost him. We lost him. <laughs> no, what, what it is is, Nelson, Nelson, what it is, because we're talking about ivermectin, see, and we're talking about uh, hydrocortisone, I, which I don't believe works, okay? But let me just say this right here. And, and most and, and everything I heard said it doesn't work. But I've been hearing a lot of professionals on this stage. See, unlike you guys, say, oh, you know, come up here. And I've been doing new research, trying to figure out, get more information on it. See, I, I'm not just someone that comes up here. You guys sit up here and you guys don't change your mind about nothing. I still believe it doesn't work. But I've been trying to do the educate the the, the research. What, 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 what made you think the vaccine worked? Okay. What made you think I, that? I, I know the vaccine works. Okay. But once again, Brian. Brian, 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 Brian. Even right now, when I say I'm getting more research, instead of being like you guys and say, oh, it doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't, that, that doesn't, that's nonsense. I'm saying, okay, I'm now trying to gather more research from other resources. Okay. To see, to see if I can collaborate some of the, the, the craziness I've been hearing. You guys are still saying, oh, oh, oh. See? That's unlike, unlike what you guys are saying, it doesn't work. So now I'm sitting here saying, okay, I'm listening. I want to hear. Because right now, if you, if you, if you force my hand, I'm going to say the shit doesn't work. Okay. That's hey, what I'm hey, John, hey, John, you took the vaccine. John, Jonathan, hey, would you be willing to take the, the scientific research done? Would you be willing, Jonathan, to take the, the scientific research done by a Democrat, a well known, I mean, the Kennedy name, this goes back <laughs> 80 years. They, he, Bobby Kennedy has known 
Tony Fauci his whole life. I mean, the guys, Fauci's been with five presidential um, campaigns and, and, and served five presidents. Like, Bobby Kennedy's known him his whole life. He's seen the entire career in this guy. And he, him and his family were once friends. And he's coming out. He's coming out saying, hey, I've done the research. Grant has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. It has something to do with science. Okay. And that's where I'm, I'm speaking to science. And, and, and to be honest with you, Bobby Kennedy is a quack. I, I get, I, to me, he is at least. But once again, uh, you know, I'm open to anything, Grant. And that's what, that's the difference between, um, with, uh, if you're me, open to anything, uh, I got ten thousand dollars for you. Here's a challenge: you put your money. Hey, hey, hey bro, hey, bro, you, you, you got to mute out. Yeah, you know, yeah, let's, let's, do don't, one let's, don't, let's don't turn it into a, to a casino, guys. Let's, we're just having a conversation yeah. here. Uh, I would love to for us as a group of people get down to the truth. I don't think Jonathan's against the, against the truth. I think he's coming around actually. So, and, and I, I don't find Jonathan to be a closed-minded person. I know he's not an operative of the of the. Uh, the government. I mean, he's, he's just not. I know that to be that he's not. So no, Grant. Um, Grant, it's fun to be the controlled opposition. You know, he puts himself in that position, and it's all good. Do you mind if I read you something from the HHS? It's two lines. They say, uh, if you don't mind, they say in the rules for an EUA, the emergency who's use authorization, HHS, HHS, Health and Human Services, the F- okay. and the FDA. They say. So this is regardless of your opinion on ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, whatever they say. This is in the rules for the EUA. It says that they have the option to accept or refuse the EUA product and any consequences of receiving, refusing administration of the product. And, and this is the rule that matters, of it. there can be no available alternative to the product and the risks and benefits of available alternatives. That's the reason everybody's wondering why why not wait wait wait, wait. Read, 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 read it again they're they're talking about what right now so they they could not they could not who's they get, who's they, they meaning they? hhs and the fda they could not get okay and the, what, what time what, what what time are we at right now when they write this this is this was the eua rules that were written far before the vaccine was even discussed Okay. These are the rules for the emergency use authorization of any medication or vaccine or anything. It didn't matter what anybody felt about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. What matters is they had to abide by the fact that to get an EUA on any of the medications, there could no, there could not be any alternatives oh, that were oh, that were you here. You say so, an emergency, an emergency rush to to a solution cannot be it's against the law then to provide that if there's other alternatives exactly correct oh uh, now is that a u.s law is that yeah it's is hhs that, and HHS the fda is... easily found uh-huh. i sent you a okay that's great but i can't get the dms right now so the law is it's in section 564e1a2 and it says the fda has authorized emergency use of the product of the significant known and potential benefit and risks associated with the emergency use of the product and of the extent to which such benefits risks are unknown that they have the option to accept or refuse the EUA product 
and of any consequences of refusing administration of the product and of any available alternatives to the product and of the risks and benefit of available alternatives. There could not be any available alternatives if they were to get the EUA for other items like the vaccine, like Paxlovid, like remdesivir, that sort of thing. Yeah, so why not just roll out the solutions that were readily available? They, they had plenty of inventories of both of these uh, these solutions. Well, I mean, Grant? those that be- yeah. sorry, Grant, those that believe. Let's just, go. Just a minute. Those that believe in you know the 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 opportunistic aspects of this would would answer your question by saying. Well, if they rolled out ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, and that was deemed an alternative to anything like a vaccine, then they wouldn't have been able to distribute a vaccine or remdesivir or any of the other things because there would. I think we lost. No, there were other alternatives. There were other alternatives. If they have other alternatives, they they can't roll out the EUAs for the other things. So anyway, thanks for having me, right. guys. I, 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 I want to, I want to challenge that because uh, what you're talking about are therapeutics. All right, uh, the vaccine was a prophylactic, supposed to be a prophylactic. All right, so there really, there really wasn't uh, any other alternative, so that wouldn't have prevented it from being rolled out because you're talking about therapeutics versus prophylactics, <clears throat> and that's then that's some totally different. All right, so, so send me, and, do me a favor, DM me your source. And I'll take a look at yeah, it. I'm yeah, happy to. What, bro, bro, bro. Let, let's not play that because here's, here's the source, okay? Dude, vaccines I just read you the rule for emergency use well, authorization. The EUA yeah, covers the authorization. vaccine and therapeutics. I don't even know. Okay, you yeah, know yeah, that bro, the vaccines what? were EUA designated. They got an emergency okay. use authorization. So, okay. so send okay. me what you're reading, and I'm happy to look bro, at it. W- w- once again, let me finish, <clears throat> okay? And that, that's, that's how I can tell I, I struck a nerve there because you, show, you got real defensive. You guys show your hands so hard, so easily, man. Now, they need you at, yeah, there you go. You're going to help them out now. Right, so here, so here, here it is. All right, is. fine. I won't help them out. Fine. So, so here, here, here it is. Here, here it is. You know, we're talking about prophylactics versus a, a therapeutic. All right. And it's an emergency authorization use for prophylactic. Okay. We, which was not there. All right. And there are no, and, and therapeutics. There, there, the therapeutic, you're saying that ivermectin, and a hydroxychloroquine would have been a therapeutic. But still, they still needed a prophylactic to prevent this stuff from spreading. And that's the problem, my friend. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll rock. I'll, Wait a I'm second. Did you just say research. the vaccine was to prevent from spreading? Yeah, that, I mean, I don't even know what you that, said. That's, can I, can I, but, uh, wait, wait, hey, Kira, before, before we see Michelle and, or Elizabeth were trying to jump in here, and they were getting talked over. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I yeah let, 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 let John to finish. Let John, let yeah, John we gotta, exactly. We got to finish this up. Yeah, and, yeah. and then when Jonathan's done, I want to I want to get a community thing to happen. So just give me a transition. Yeah, yeah because yeah, because you guys are talking crazy. Because hey, I, once you again, just said the vaccine actually, prevented transmission. Who's talking crazy? That, that's what that that's what no, that's what it was. Uh, that's what a prophylactic's for. To once prevent again, transmission, like, but, but, but it didn't, bro. It didn't, bro. It would, it would be like giving condoms to every teenager in America and say, go fuck everything. Uh, you're not going to get anybody pregnant. But in this case, the, the, the condom never worked. 
<laughs> the condom had had yeah. holes all in it. It was never used. Never. The, the, some people suggested the condom made more people pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I like I that. Mean, just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, anyway. Tara, what well, were you about to add about the prophylactic? Now, now they're suggesting no. that the semen of the vaccinated men okay. is actually spreading. Can I? Problems. Can I that just respond? To Go ahead, Tara. John, let me Which just Tara, give a little backup here. No, to. I don't know anything, obviously, about the semen of vaccinated or unvaccinated people, for that matter. Nor do I wish to have that discussion. However, Jonathan is correct. If, in fact, the man who spoke before, sorry, I don't know your name, was correct, then Paxlovid would not have been approved. But it was approved under an EUA for treatment, right? There are two separate things. The availability of a vaccine, whatever you think of its efficacy, the availability of a vaccine does not prohibit anybody from getting an EUA for a therapeutic. They are two different items, right? So remdesivir was approved for treatment. I don't know that it was that effective, but it was approved, as was Paxlovid and the vaccine. Okay. So if you think about this, what he's saying does not make sense. He's making that up. He's saying it, but it's not true. Thank you. Grant, what did you right. want to well, do? Where's the goddamn defense? Grant, you wanted that's to why do got something. So you want to do a community something. Wanted us to pass the mic. Yeah, guys, I have a post up top. It says this room's insane. If you guys could click on that, it's up in the nest. And simply hit the retweet. There's 29 retweets. I'd like to get that to 100. And so other people can know this room's going on. I would love, it says doctors does ivermectin and the HCQ work. If you guys could share that, just retweet it. It would be greatly appreciated. I'd like to get a hundred of those if we could. It's a very simple thing to do. It costs no one anything and no one gets sick. But I'd like to get down to the truth about it. And Jonathan and myself don't know enough to decide what is true and what is not. Thank you, Barbara. Can I give my $10,000 bet to Jonathan, please? Hey, J- AJ, let me move Man, the mic around. Uh, let me move the mic around. I, I appreciate it. Okay, thank because, you. All right, I'm out. I'm out. Thanks, thanks a lot. I'm thanks, out for now. AJ, thanks, AJ, because uh, I know there's some voices trying to jump in. Michelle, did you want to – you were trying to unmic there. But you got to unmic. <laughs> Unmute. I just want to ask a question, and thank you for letting me go, because I know everyone gets so emotional talking about it that they just have to jump in and and – I'm not bold enough to do that yet, although I have, and then I got chewed out. So that could be another reason I don't do that. But this is my proposition. This space has an incredible number of brilliant people that listen to it, who have brilliant careers with lots of money. Why don't you all pull your donations and start efficient, not emergency-based, but true scientific research on both the current vaccine, ivermectin, et cetera, et cetera, including um, cross-longitudinal studies, um, uh, the potential for being turned down to prescribe a med because it's already FDA approved for another illness and they barely have enough for that illness. So they don't want everyone else jumping on this drug. That was one of the excuses they gave. But do your own, hire your own researchers from, you know, valued representatives and 
and provide your own outcomes. I wrote President Biden and said, why aren't you following this? Um, I want to know my patients are safe. And there was some research initially when New York got so many lethal cases in other states that even between the Middle Eastern countries and other countries, because the Middle Eastern, especially women, wore a yeah. scarf listen, mm-hmm. over their face, they didn't die from it. They got it. But even that reduced the amount of inoculum that caused lethal level illness. So you got money, mm-hmm. do your own, pay your own, hire your own, quit bitching about it, just do it. We need that. Well, thank you, Michelle. I completely agree. There's definitely ways that we can continue to do that. So thank you for for sharing that. I absolutely appreciate it. And I do believe by opening up these spaces and having this dialogue, uh, we're making some uh, great strides in helping to uh, disseminate misinformation and information and what have you. So thanks, Michelle. Let me move this around a little bit. Who else wanted to jump in there? We want to hear about doctors about ivermectin and hydrochloroquine. Does it work? Why was it suppressed? I want to hear who's got some information. Jim, okay, you had you do your thing again. Thanks, Michelle. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in if you want. All right. Yeah, go on. for it. Let's go. Let's go, Ty. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Um, so no more fuck around and find out. We're just going to start off right, right there. Go to NIH.gov, type in ivermectin and cancer. You're going to see every single article and study going on right now for uh, using ivermectin for cancer. So I was unaware of that use of it or the p- possibility that NIH.gov, which, you know, Fauci assigns all that money for, um, was doing all that research and putting so much money into it. So I was very surprised about that. I'll tell you from the beginning, I was not a believer in ivermectin until I found out that the VA hospital was using it since the beginning of COVID and nobody was publicly discussing it because the VA protocols weren't publicly being shared. So when I was seeing people that had been uh, having to go to a different clinic, let's say, than the VA for a specialty, they were on ivermectin. And I was like, why, are, is, why is everybody on ivermectin? They're like, oh, we're, they're giving it out prophylactically for at-risk patients to be used for COVID-19. So you guys can go and try to figure that out and hire a nice lawyer and do a FOIA request or a or a, um, uh, a subpoena for the protocols out of the VA. But the VA hospital from the beginning, since March, was basically giving everything. Every type of IV medication you could give. Even Mass General in Boston was giving ivermectin. They were giving uh, vitamin D by IV, hydroxychloroquine. Everybody has been using things. Just because people say in the news they don't use it, every hospital in America and in the world carry ivermectin for other disease states. So they always carry a supply of it. And, you know, there's doctors that in the hospital will request it. And if they give enough of an argument to the pharmacy, they'll get it. It was the problem when people started suing hospitals because the patients were already intubated. It's a little bit too late. Ivermectin needs to be used in the beginning. A lot of people believe in prophylactic use. I am not a huge believer in prophylactic use uh, based on certain variants. I've seen different data and implications of how it was used. I never used it, even on myself or even on my family, until... Omicron, where we were getting migraines from COVID and somebody had kind of discussed something to me neurologically what the virus was doing and why they thought that ivermectin would work. And it's the first time I actually tried it. And I got to tell you, it worked pretty fucking great. And I'm really surprised. I've looked through all the data and I love all and respect all the people that shared all the data. And I don't know what it was about it that I wasn't sold on it 
until I actually tried it myself. And um, I had very severe COVID in 2020. So I was expecting the, like, you know, probably a worse scenario just because of the way that I reacted uh, to that experience. And within three days, I felt so much better. Now, my dad had a bi- um, um, bilobe lung cancer and a resection during the pandemic. And he refused to be vaccinated because he's had the BCG vaccine and other vaccines because he was in the special forces. And I'd given him enough literature that provided that he'd be pretty much protected. But as a cancer patient and a smoker since the age of 18 years old, he's very high risk. And uh, when he started to develop some cancer, everybody's like pushing the vaccine. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'll die from the vaccine. All my friends from other countries that are former military guys that all are heavy smokers and have lung involvement because they were in the desert and desert storm and all that have all these lung cancers and they're all dying right after the vaccines, having heart attacks. So, and blood clots. He's like, I'm not doing it. He was given ivermectin in four fucking days. My dad, right after cancer, like went through cancer, never got COVID in the hospital. He was taking it prophylactically for a little bit. Then he stopped. Then he went into the hospital. We did a small resection just to remove some of the nodules because I don't want to do chemotherapy on him. He did great, gets COVID maybe, I don't know, four or five months later, sick for three days. I was sick for 12 days, him for three days, and he just had a lung resection. And he's like, I told you, take the ivermectin. So I was kind of surprised, and I took it, and I felt great. I didn't take it with hydroxy. I had an allergic reaction to hydroxy early in the pandemic because in March, they, we were giving out these things. People were, doctors, critical care, everybody was giving this, especially doctors from foreign countries. So a lot of physicians... Um, that are come from foreign countries are very comfortable with hydroxy and ivermectin because they use it in those other countries very regularly, like water. So um, they were giving it out in the beginning, and I really didn't understand the MOA of how it was going to work. But then when I was working with the VA, I was like, oh, shit, this is really like this is really on protocol, but just nobody's talking about it publicly. And then when it became publicized and they joked around that Joe Rogan was in horse face, that's when I knew everybody was an effing idiot because the guy won a Nobel Prize for ivermectin. And, it's, and then I went to NIH.gov. So everybody's like, go look at the research on cancer, you know, and ivermectin and stomach cancers and uh, lung cancers. And, and uh, what wasn't that? Excuse me, but ma'am, what wasn't which one of those was a uh, was it hydro uh, hydro uh, hydroxychloroquine? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Hydroxy or was it ivermectin that was created by Merck? Uh, Merck was ivermectin. Yeah, and and they won. Didn't they win? Like the 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 gentleman who developed and won a Nobel Prize for it, the original molecule, is a Japanese doctor. Right, and and and, and, it, and it's generic at Merck. It's like pennies on the dollar, right? So it's a it's a very low cost drug. Um, it's you can get it. People go over to Mexico and they pick it up over there over the counter, and like some some countries have it like in just like a regular pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. You just go in and buy it. Um, yeah, so, some people have called it a miracle drug, like like aspirin or Tylenol. You know, I, I don't think aspirin or Tylenol are miracle drugs, in my opinion. I think that we know, no, like we were putting everybody on baby aspirin, and now we know there's a lot of bleeding involved. So last year, uh, I think it was the American Cardiology Association said to no longer, I, I can't remember the association, but they, they basically said to no longer use baby aspirin uh like uh, prophylactically, like we were before because of, uh, of bleeds, stomach bleeds. So I'm not, you know, like, obviously, my, I put my dad on a, you know, baby aspirin, uh, you know, at a certain age, and we thought it was just fine, but it turns out it's not so great. So I'm not a huge proponent of those unless you absolutely need to use those. I think there's a lot of alternatives to that if you can. But, but that's under a situation where you're using it daily, and I'm not talking about daily use. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So the yeah, ivory, you, you wouldn't 
Like the, yeah. the, it sounds like the the big negative on ivermectin was and rickets. There's a, 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 a river vine list. Excuse me. There's people like honking at me. I was just driving, so I was trying to pull over, and they're trying to get me out of this area. Um, the, the the Japanese gentleman. Oh my gosh, what's his name? I, name escapes me. Who won the Nobel Prize for developing it? He was curing river blindness, and, and there's so many implications. I started to do more research. When, when somebody said about cancer and ivermectin, I'm like, what? How does that, what is going on there? Like, how does that even work? Even with the MOA's mechanisms of action, excuse me, that other people were, were sharing to me and the other possibilities, I'd never done a deep dive into it. I'd been on many grand rounds, Zoom calls. And we were reviewing the data in the hospitals weekly in the COVID task force meetings regarding ivermectin. And there were some doctors that dug their heels in. And for their patients, they gave them whatever they wanted. The problem is, is the dosing wasn't accurate. And by the time they got to the hospital, it, it wasn't as effective because you really needed it during the viral replication phase. But now I'm starting to see that there was still some benefit regardless of when it was initiated um, and, and for various other reasons, which we can go to in a later time. But really, it's something that people just needed to have at home on their shelf. So uh, I knew a, a bunch of guys that, own factories in like India and they were starting to import. But, but excuse me, excuse yeah. me, man. But so let's just have a conversation. Sure, so sure, sure, by, yeah. by, by the time COVID had rolled out, most of the ivermectin had been removed from shells. Um, and, and much of it had been destroyed. Now it was still easily manufactured, but this is when they were trying to give it a black, the black eye. And, and, and basically Bill Gates came out and did, multiple interviews about how it didn't work. Fauci did the same thing, said it didn't work. But in reality, the test, there, there was the multiple countries that dropped it because of some of this negativity. And when they did, their COVID cases spiked like yeah, literally in so a week. I saw that. So so it was still being manufactured in India because there was a couple guys uh, that basically stopped doing what they were doing professionally and started importing it. Um, because they had licensing to do so and they were importing it and they were selling like all these generic drugs um, in the U.S. and they created like an online prescription pharmacy. But, you know, like a lot of us did, were not aware of this, but hospitals were still getting it. So hospitals could still order it. So whatever source, if it was McKesson or ABC or uh, uh, Amer- uh, which is Amer- uh, America Source Bergen, uh, th- you're still able to get those things and order them from a wholesaler standpoint um, if it was requested, because all the hospitals had it on their shelves. They have to, because they have other indications why you would need it. So, and it's always been there. They've always had a small supply of ivermectin. They don't always use it because you have to obviously have somebody who's coming in from a foreign country that maybe, you know, needs it, or it's required for maybe a you know, rare parasitic disease, but it's always kept on all shelves. And in the military, I, I don't know if you guys know this already, you've had any guys from the military on this call, but in the military, it's something that's given to you to be military ready twice a year they give them ivermectin and of course if they're traveling to places where there's a high incidence of uh of, of you know parasites or or uh, potential for river blindness or it's used for many things actually now that i'm taking a deeper dive now i was trying to remember the literature because if i had it all in front of me and i wasn't driving i could review it but you know pierre Corey's like a genius with this he testified at congress about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine that's who you should get on this call and then you know dr um, okay, can, can you help? Can you help us? Can you can you reach out to those people and see if you yeah, can bring yeah, them I'll on just, here? I'll just text them right on and I'll. Yeah, I'll I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Um, While but, she's speaking, by the way, researchers are developing a vaccine targeting fentanyl as we speak. I don't know how many of you have seen that. 
Yeah, I saw that posted. I was more fascinated with the fact that uh, Moderna just announced that they've gone through approval for a um, mRNA CRISPR vaccine with um, Vertex for cystic fibrosis. And I spent years working in cystic fibrosis, pediatric and adult and transplant. And I'm, I, I've not reviewed any of the literature yet because it's been a little bit... Uh, I just found out last night and I was like a little bit devastated. I'll be really honest with you. I'm very concerned because cystic yeah. fibrosis kids are near and dear to my heart. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of the fentanyl thing, um, I'll look into it for you. And if I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Invite your doctor friend in. That would be great. Yeah. And Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, you know, I just went and looked up Bobby Kennedy. You made a comment about him being a quack. The reason you think he's a quack, Jonathan, is because Google scrubbed all his work, his 50 years of work. And basically has the first three pages of Google search, making him out to be a quack. So I, you, I know you cannot I know. find. I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. Just one second. I'm talking to Jonathan. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Jonathan, I just want you to start looking for what you can't find, Jonathan. Not just for what you can find. Tira only reads what what is fed to her, but I want you to start looking for what you can't see. It's the way you the, the way you find a crime is not all by the evidence there, but by the evidence that is missing from there. You guys cannot tell me that Bobby Kennedy has not made and he's a Democrat. I vote Republican. You cannot tell me Bobby Kennedy has not contributed something over his 50 years this positive. It's literally I, I went through the thir- first three pages. Every page says it's bullshit. His book's bullshit. His research is bullshit. Like. It, it, it can't all be bullshit, guys. So I, I personally know him, and he's a, not only a brilliant man, but he's a very decent human being. He's done so much in terms of other – So much. Other, Monsanto and with um, uh, with water supplies and really, you know, even though he's a Democrat, I forgive him, but – sorry, but it's true. And his wife is very pro-vaccine, and, and they live in a very interesting lifestyle because of that. Um, but he's devoted his life to this and, um, you know, you know, everybody's a businessman, everybody in, in life, right? Nobody works for free. So a lot of times you're like, oh, you know, he's just doing this for business. No, he's like a hardcore lawyer and he's pretty brilliant and he's respected both on the left and the right side of the aisle. And if you've ever speak, spoken to him about what he's gone through with losing his, his family members and, and his feeling about the, you know, the alphabet, uh, government agencies and stuff it's very compelling you know no, he, he, he yeah. told me he lost 80 percent of his network not his net worth 80 percent of his network to the kennedy family jonathan are you still in the room or are you just squatting no I, i'm great i've been listening to you as soon as you stop talking she jumped right on yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. one thing i want to say is the military, yeah, again. The military yeah, yeah. about ivermectin you know the, the protocols for mass general when they were using it and some other hospital systems are still originally online and they're archived. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I've been in 25 hospitals uh, just in, in one area alone, and everybody has it on the shelf. So it's, you know, IDNs, which are integrated uh, integrated uh, networks of hospitals, so they start to buy up hospitals and they're throughout the U.S. Their shipping usually comes, like, either centrally sourced, and they'll ship out drugs. or What, what do you do for a living, ma'am? I I um, I can't discuss all my stuff, unfortunately. I know. I wish what, I could. What's your title? It says you're a closeted virologist. Yeah. So I do a what, lot. What, of, what does that mean? 
I, I do a lot right now. I'm working in pandemic. When are you going to come out? When are you going to come out of the closet? You know, Anderson uh, Cooper's come out three times, so I don't know why you can't come out here tonight on Spaces. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. Well, give me a hint. I can't, unfortunately. Okay. I can't, unfortunately. But all all I can say is that um, I'm I'm focusing now on on Moderna, and I'm focusing on the 15 mRNAs that are coming out, and I'm focusing on the ivermectin and and NIH and and cancer, and so that's going to be very helpful to the world. And I'm going to look into the fentanyl thing for you as well, and. And I do a lot of You're awesome. for, Thank you. forecasting. That's you got called. You got call, one second. You doing? You doing a lot of talking tonight, but you got called out pretty hard the other night. You you, you do recall that, right? You, you get called what? out. It doesn't seem man, like man. Jonathan, get off her ass, man. Here, get a, get off her ass, bro. <laughs> so, 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 you guys, so John, what's wrong with that you? That way, I wouldn't be back on here now, would I? Let's go. Now, so what, and what after I, I got off that call, I heard a lot of people defended me. So God bless them. God bless you. God bless the guy from T-Mobile. I hope he finds a phenomenal psychiatrist. But put your money where your mouth is. That guy, that guy, that guy needs help. <laughs> We've been trying. I don't, I don't think, I don't think psychiatry can help him. Like I, I'll tell you what I think that guy's. Abusive that, women, so. Yeah. yeah abusive women. There you go. There you go. You lost me. Abusive women. See, and that's my, and you can't come on here. And let, and let me just say this to anyone else. We've been trying to help him for years. One, one so you're second. not alone. You're well, not alone well, yeah, on no, that. Oh, one second. Hold on, Bob. Bab. Hold on, Bab. One second, Bab. One second. Hold on. That guy's a perfect example of why you don't want to use meds. Okay. What because the fuck, Grant? I'm serious, dude. I'm serious. That dude is gone, bro. I'm, I don't want to be friends with that guy. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done yeah. with that dude. Yeah, uh, one second, Babs, and guys, listen to me. You guys are coming up here, and you guys are making arguments, okay? You lasted longer than a lot of us. Well, Let's what, move the mic around. Uh, hey, Jim, what do you, uh, you want to Babs, you can't talk? Babs, 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 Jonathan, yeah, speak. Yeah, we hear you talking, but you got you yeah. never have anything to say. No, bro. I'm actually speaking. Oh. What, what well, I was why saying. Don't you, why don't you bring some of your pro-vax people in here? Like, I, yeah. why do you always come in here by yourself? <laughs> now, now they come in. You guys don't bring them up. Goddamn Lone Ranger. Well, but what I will say is this: I want to say something because closet. I, I what you did, I, I despise what you just did. You came in here as a professional and you argued some information, and, and then, then she wouldn't tell us what she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. That that's that's I, huge. I, uh, I don't you, you, that. you want to you want to stay in the closet and hide what you're doing. But then when you said someone was arguing a point about you, you said, "Oh, I'm a lady." Your 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 information does not but, have bro, any. But gender. Jonathan, Jonathan, you, you're you're like a closet trans. So why don't you? Come <laughs> yeah, well, God your information. Damn. Oh, your information. <laughs> oh, like, your information has no gender at all. And for you to do that, you lose all credibility because you say, "Oh, go easy on me and go easier on my information because when did I'm a I woman." Say that? I never you just said, said because I'm a woman. Yeah. I didn't okay. say anything like that. You, you just I, said it a little while. Okay, you you know what? No, never said it. Why didn't you yes, call you did. back to tape and listen to it? Me. Okay, you know what? I, I went. The the is, is it possible I could speak for words. a moment? Is it possible I could speak for a moment? Yes, please. Uh, hi, hi, Grant. I just um, I had just wanted to let you know that the closet uh, virologist is actually spot on. She's actually correct. I have a. I'm familiar with both of those drugs. I've taken hydroxychloroquine for four years for rheumatoid arthritis. I treated that for my parents and all my family when they had COVID. Where, where, do where do I get that? Where do I get that? Where do I get that? Some were facts and some were not. I'm sorry. No, where uh, do Grant, I get it? Grant, where I'm do you get it? I get it from my my doctor, my rheumatologist. Ivermectin, I've been taking off and on since 2016, and I get that through Mexico, and that's because I looked into parasitic cleanses. Cancer is parasitic. 
Mm. Unfortunately, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are both antiparasitic medications. Ivermectin, what it does is it paralyzes the adult worms. And when adult worms are paralyzed, they do release eggs. So you do want to probably kill the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, ivermectin yeah. doesn't kill the eggs. So there are herbs and things that can kill the eggs. But those two medications are both antiparasitic medications. So unfortunately, this flu on steroids called COVID, you know, I mean, it, it is damaging yeah, but, to the but body. But is it really a flu on steroids? Is it I any believe, worse than a flu? I believe it's, it is worse. It's I believe very it's different. on steroids. I do. And I think that uh, the closet virologist was spot on. I'm sorry, but she, she was great. She was spot on. That's my girl. That's yeah. my girl. She was absolutely spot on. I'm very impressed. You know, and uh, the reason I went down the rabbit hole with the parasitic cleanses is because both my children are vaccine injured. My son had a seizure right after the HPV vaccine, and my daughter is autistic. So back in 16, I hooked up with people from Mexico who Big Pharma would probably kill today if they found out. And they help people with chlorine dioxide. They help the people with antiparasitics. I mean, the whole shebang. But it's very simple. It's very cheap. And Big Pharma would be out of business if people got a hold of this information. No wonder we've been silenced. Just can I ask you? Wait, can I ask you a question? Can I just yeah. jump in and ask a question? Yeah. Um, your son got the HPV vac HPV yeah. vaccine. Yeah. What, um, what convinced you to do that for him? And by the way, I have uh, my son has uh, vaccine induced epilepsy from childhood yeah. vaccines. But I'm exactly. curious that HPV for boys. Um, I know. What made from, you get that? I, I believe these doctors. I was naive. I was busy, single mother. I was working. I couldn't get my head above water. I didn't I didn't research anything. I believed these doctors. And that was back in probably 2014 that this all happened with him. And it took me years to realize what happened to my children. And I think that's the big problem that we have as a society. We've completely abdicated our our yeah. medical, you know, our medical Literally. freedoms to doctors and we don't realize that they're indoctrinated into an you know into a thought that yeah. keeps us all sick. I mean, I Nelson's yeah. heard me say it before, cradle to the grave. My son's on a lifetime of medicine. I yeah. can't get you know, I'll never be able to get him off it. So, yeah. Um, I, anyway, I yeah, I, I was just curious. More people need to be children. educated yeah, on that. I agree, and just simple detoxing. Just get the bowels moving. Just take Metamucil and um, magnesium. If you don't do anything else, do that. I, I think the biggest you know? crime that I see being committed is that parents aren't informed. That you know we're yeah. supposed to be informed about these vaccines, the why we take it, and yeah. the um, possible adverse reactions, and we're really not. We're just being treated like sheep abdicating responsibility and it's not our fault and honestly you're in my camp which is i learned what it means to not un you, you can't unring a bell yes. um, but now i use my voice to say listen just you know do your due diligence people call me anti-vax and i'm like i'm not yeah. anti-vax i'm like i'm pro-informed consent i'm like you can yeah. do whatever you want to your body but you know yeah. boys getting that hpv vaccine is ridiculous I'm like, can we just can we stop doing that they <laughs> can't get I, hpv it's i agree it, the, the, uh -huh. the reason behind that the doctor said was to protect his girlfriends in the future that this would and such, and that, that was the marketing reason. that was a marketing mm -hmm. ploy. and i was too busy i mean you know working i'm not in the medical field i don't know you know but i but you know after that i did join the medical field and because i wanted to see firsthand and and western medicine is good for you know, emergencies and surgeries. I'll, I'll give them that. But 
when it comes to vaccine and diseases, I would not trust. I'd rather go to Africa. Yeah, no, I'm and- <laughs> I'm for medicine. Listen, I had yeah. to go through chemo for cancer, so I'm not like okay. anti medicine, yeah. but I'm at pro informed consent. I would have loved yeah. to have not have done um done chemo, but you know, I, I find yeah. that very very fascinating. I, closet virologist, yeah. I know you wanted to jump in there. Well, just there. Uh, one thing, I'm going to post everything regarding ivermectin and colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Chadwick Boseman just once, and he was one of the finest human beings and I was devastated when he passed away. And um, when I saw ivermectin and colorectal cancer information, I'm going to post all the studies. I put it in the nest, but if everybody would do me just one favor, just download those studies and leave it on your desktop or print it out for your kids in the future, or maybe for family members, because at some point you're going to look back at it and you're not going to, you're going to forget that maybe we've discussed it and you have to create your own libraries at home your own medical libraries at home for your children and your grandchildren. Because the information yes. on these Twitter spaces, we need to pass down to others because our, our teenagers are not thinking, oh, I need to, you know, save studies from the NIH on uh, ivermectin and colorectal cancer because we loved the Wakanda movie. But because what happened to Chadwick, you know, you can talk to your teenagers and say, oh, look, there's a study. Read it at the dining room table. I, I make my kids do it all the time. And of course, you know, they're adult teens now. But since they were little, I would make them read studies to me because I wanted to see how they rationalize it. And even though they're not interested in the sciences or in medicine at all, it, it, it trains your children's brains to look at things in a different way and question things. That's all I have to say. And then, yeah. and, then and Barbara, I back channeled you regarding the seizures. Uh, there's a lot you can do with homeopathy to stop uh, post-vaccine injury epilepsy. Um, so um, I'll get you the name and references of a couple of people. And, and we should be able to, to, to if, as, depending if it's not as severe as, as it potentially other people could be, there's, there's a lot we can do to prevent that from occurring and to get patients sometimes, not always, off of epilepsy drugs, which is really beneficial because um, those also have a side effect. So um, I'll, Thank you. I'll give you some re- referrals, okay? And then I appreciate that. And then just please, I'll just keep posting. I'm going to go mute because I, I got family stuff to do, but um, I'll post the studies and please take a look at them and I'll put them in the nest. Okay. Thank you. I have one question. Yes. For the thank you. One question for the closet virologist before she goes, please. Okay. Uh, what, what do you do uh, if someone is damaged by the vaccine? What do those people do? Like you've now taken the vaccine, you've got some kind of physical damage. What do you do to... What I've heard is there's no way to remove that mRNA. There is absolutely no way. But the vaccines are also highly toxic. Uh, Parasites thrive on toxicity. You could remove the toxins. One of the best supplements would be NAC. That's uh, N-acetyl-L-cysteine. It's an amino acid, and it's also an antioxidant, probably the strongest one you'll find. You can get it at health food stores. NAC would be your best bet. I'm going to post in the chat. FLCC has a post-vaccine yeah, injury protocol. They do. Um, there's other people that do as well. I can tell you what um, some rheumatologists and me have been working on protocols for vaccine-injured children uh, from the COVID vaccine, especially ones with underlying autoimmune disorders. Like uh, I just had a Crohn's disease case. And, and I, you know, we're just kind of brainstorming and working on what to do when they've had three or four vaccines because they're Crohn's and, you know, they're a younger person and now we're seeing other issues. I, I don't want to discuss too much because I invited them to this. So I, I feel bad to like, you know, um, I don't want to discuss anything more than that, but there is st- stuff to do. So for example, monoclonals up until the fact that they just pulled them, 
because technically they're not showing um, viral activity against the new variant of XBB. But monoclonals people were using uh, to help people that were vaccine injured. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, and I can I can post the mechanism of action of the thought process of that as well in, in the feed. Um, people were using exosomes. So there's very big exosome clinics that are being used right now. I've sat down with, there's a big one in the West Coast and there's one in Texas. I know there's people back East. Um, there's people like Dr. Hader who has the H-A-Y-D-E-R. He also has one. Uh, you can also reach out to Dr. Urso, um, uh, Dr. Ryan Cole. A lot of them, uh, Unity Project, they're posting, you know, where people can get care. Um, so there's exosomes being used. Um, there's um, EDT chelation. Again, this is all that, you know, I'm peripherally looking at. I know what people are using. I know what we're discussing in in working groups because uh, a lot of we there, we do see a lot of vaccine injuries and there has to be protocols, uh, both from uh, autoimmune, uh, like rheumatologist, immunologist, even now critical care guys are looking into protocols. Um, and then there's a lot of other like nutraceutical stuff that people seem to be using. And some people were using IVIG, but there's a concern with spike protein in, inside the IVIG, which is blood plasma. Um, and um, there's like a slew, like Dr. Healy also has a phenomenal protocol. Um, and everybody, it's all pretty much laying out the same way. Exosome is very expensive for regular people, and it's a shame uh, that it's so expensive. But uh, there's some very big celebrities in the news that uh, got severely vaccine injured. And there's a big doctor in the West Coast. What celebrities are you talking about? I, I, I don't want to say that HIPAA. Okay, but you can't wise. keep doing that, Closet. You can't. You can't. Hey, oh, some celebrity. That, Dave, I mean, <laughs> no, you can't keep doing that, though. That's great. Yes, you can, what, what, man. Who are they, though, Dave? It's, like, it's, like, it's a HIPAA violation. So you, you, there, if you go to No, if no, you go why? To the why? News you don't have but she's not their doctor. What are you talking about? She's not their doctor. You don't have, you don't have, like, you're not their doctor. So, it's not a HIPAA it, violation. So I'll give you an example. Let's say the doctor they went to knows me, and he says, hey, can you just review this case for me? I want other okay, eyes on Okay, but you can't do that. It's like. So, but, but you can. Like, I know, I know. You can just, go on I'm their just Instagram. Telling you, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. So I will but, back but, channel you that doctor's Instagram, and you can actually invite him in one of the calls. And he, he's very close to Robert Kennedy Jr., and he's very good at what he does. And I'll back channel you, and then you can have him say his patient names. But You know, Grant, she, Grant, she comes on. She gives us all this information. You can't verify who she is. She tells you, oh, I know Dr. I mean, I know Robert Kennedy. We're real close. Oh, I know these people and these celebrities. She's saying all of this stuff under the veil of closeted. Okay. I, Which I, hear you. I hear you. We got we got four hands up. I just want to move the mic around and make sure that we're getting everybody in here. So again, I appreciate everybody joining us. Grant, I'll send you. Night. I'll send you on the back channel the doctor's name and the page, and you'll see all the people that he's treated. NFL, there's NBA guys. They're all on there. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. And then I uh, just want to thank everybody for sharing the room. By the way, over a hundred people did that. Thank you so much for for supporting me in these rooms, Barbara. Thanks for being here as a co-host, Jonathan. Thank you for coming. Um, let's go to a success and then Jim. And please raise your hand if you want to talk. Put in a request and I'll find you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all you guys do. Nelson, uh, Grant, and Barbara, you guys are awesome. Um, Jonathan, you're, you're, you're uh, something else. You're a good dude. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, don't align, you don't align with a lot of things that I, I see eye to eye with. But that's okay. That's what makes this country great. But what I wanted to get at, guys, is I had a question for you, Jonathan and Tierra. Tierra. Um, do you guys just answer this question, yes or no? 
do you believe your government? That's all, I, I want to know that question, a yes or no question. Do you believe the government? That's who, not who a you, yes or no. Who you asking? Who you asking? He asked me that, but that's not a yes or no because I believe my government on some things and other things I, I'm not so sure about. I don't believe more. So that that how can you say that? I mean, well, do well, you hold believe? On, hold on. Here, I'll believe? be more. I'll be more specific. Do you, uh, with all the things that have transpired, let's just say in the last six months, do you still trust your government? I trust my government, but that doesn't mean that my government is going to do the right thing every damn time. I tell the truth every goddamn time. So you're saying you believe in rainbows and butterflies is what you're saying. I think if anyone heard my answer, they would think my answer was logical. And I think logic escapes you there because I was very logical. I, I trust my government, but I don't believe they're honest all the time. What do you, wait, that, that's crazy. I, I, I answered so it. And- I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you, you need to start thinking outside the box and not think everything the government's approved or says is, is, is fact and that it's true and that it, that it, that they're here to protect you. There's tons of corporations around this world that could care less and you're just a fucking number. And it's the same thing with our government. And if you're too, if you're too blinded by that, you're never going to see the light. Like there's things that our government does that doesn't benefit you or I as a citizen. And They've been doing it for not for for a long time, and it doesn't matter if you're on the right or left. Both sides are guilty of a lot of bad shit. And what I'm getting at is, is money is the root of all evil, as we all know. When it comes to uh, when you don't actually make money in a in a normal fashion, and what I mean by that is building a business and growing a business, not just clinging to the government that we that we know and milking off their their money. And the government's money, and that's, that's the pr- that that's, that's the, the that's the problem, problem Jonathan. Okay. You 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 you're so involved. You and Tara always come up with these supposed facts, and they're from the same exact sources that our government pulls all this bullshit out of. And and what I'm getting at is is you believe more in your government than you do the American people, and that's that's sad. American okay. people have been hurt in this situation. And you, you, you tend to side with the government and the okay. government's playing you like a fool. Okay, bro, I, I, I appreciate you uh, coming up. And, Thanks, and success. I, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, that uh, observation, but I think I said something that's totally contrary to what you just said. So I just want to say that. That's all. Let's go to Alex. It looks like Alex with a. I don't know, NFT looking dude. Hey, uh, thanks. Uh, Grant C. Certain, uh, long time fan, big, been a uh, long time listener. Uh, thanks for having me up here, Grant C. Oh, you got uh, it, Alex. Good to Nelson. Have you here, Alex. I mean, one of the best hosts in the space. Uh, like I said, long time listener, really excited to be up here. Um, it looks like we're talking a little bit about the FDA. Um, okay, well. You know, uh, Grant. You know, you're you're in shape. You got you know you look, you don't look a day over seventy. Uh, you have kept your physique. Uh, so, talking about the FDA, are you aware of the the health risks that trans fat uh, are that that exists? You got anything trans? You got to talk to Jonathan about. He's the expert on trans. <laughs> well, well, funny enough, good one, Grant. I mean, trans fat's got to be. It is actually. It's the the worst fat for. For human health, in matter of fact, the 
Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to Hiley and then Alan Alan Paul. One hundred percent, Uncle G, Barbara Majeski, Nelson, Jonathan Bing. Just wanted to come in and say thanks for having these spaces. <laughs> Respectfully, Jonathan Bing, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> The fuck are you it. doing, man? Fuck are you doing? I think he's trying to be you, the Nelson. Fuck you think you doing, <laughs> <laughs> bro? That that wasn't this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but he's here every night. He supports us every night. He supports us every night. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, am I up next or am I second after some lady? She Go hasn't ahead, come up. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, Uncle G, I love you, man. You're amazing. You've helped me a lot. Uh, our apologies on 2014. Awesome, awesome advice. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to say that I have never been a believer in the back since April 2020. I have been exposing that as much as I can, putting out as much information, had my Facebook account closed down that I had since 2017. They closed it down. Boom. I think it was March, just before my birthday in March, uh, 2021. And, uh, yeah, just an interesting side note is that, that, that ivermectin was originally, what I understand was originally created for sheep, for parasites and sheep. Anyways, so I just wanted to say that. But, uh, and then the last thing I wanted to say was, yeah, uh, regarding psychiatry, there's a website called Citizens Commission on Human Rights. I highly recommend anybody who really wants to know about psychiatry. Uh, visit that website, Citizens Commission on Human Rights dot org. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, Alan. Appreciate you, Sheila, and then Jose. Hey guys. Hey, um, I've been researching a lot of this over the last three years. I'm just a just a mom over here, just trying to keep our family healthy, and I've been. Um, I first heard about ivermectin from a fellow NF dad, um, and he had gotten a shot of it, and it, he said it helped him tremendously. So then I just started researching it and, and following the doctors. Dr. Mary Bowden from Houston is somebody who you should highly um, that that you should speak that you should speak to about this because she actually got fired um, or prohibited from going into... Can you invite her in here? I did. I actually messaged okay. her. And... Let me know if she gets here, all right? All right. And then I also messaged Dr. Molly because Dr. Molly, again, was someone... And Nelson knows Dr. Molly, loves her. But um, she's another one that is prescribing the ivermectin. It works. I've had several of my friends who have taken ivermectin. In fact, one is in her almost... She's almost 70 she was in bad shape. Her husband was vaccinated and she wasn't. And she was having a hard time breathing. Um, her oxygen went down. Her doctors would not prescribe. She actually contacted Dr. Molly, got the, and Dr. Molly got her the ivermectin and the other treatments. And she got better within probably three days. Her doctor contacted her back and she told her doctor what she did and that she was getting better. And, and mind you, she was still, she was still on oxygen, but, um, and her doctor saw that she was getting better, but told her to stop the ivermectin. It was incredible. She never stopped it. She continued. She didn't go back to the doctor and continued to, to listen to Dr. To Dr. Molly. Um, I have, 
Um, you asked where can you get the ivermectin. You can't get it from doctors that are in the network. You have to go independent. I went independent to find doctors. Dr. David Brownstein here in Michigan is a holistic doctor. He, although he doesn't prescribe ivermectin, he does the high vitamin C, high vitamin A, high vitamin D treatments um, um, intravenously to um, help people get through COVID. And that's in the early, early stages of COVID um, when it's replicating. So, um, yeah, just follow those doctors. And, and like I said, I, I'm trying to get them here. But um, Dr. Pierre Corey... Dr. Um, even Dr. Um, well, Dr. McCullough, but Dr. Cole, all those doctors that you see on the FLCC, these are the doctors that have been fighting. And anybody who's been silenced after talking about ivermectin, you know, those are the people that, that have been trying to help everybody, but they keep getting silenced. And then one last thing, I shared it with Barb, and I think I even put it in the, uh, I tweeted it, but Merck actually put out a statement that ivermectin um, that ivermectin doesn't work uh, for uh, COVID-19. So, I mean, again, it's being attacked on all angles. And if you remember, also, Joe Rogan used it. Uh, he used other treatments as well, but um, he also added that part into his protocol when he was when diagnosed with COVID. Sheila, why do you think Merck, of all people, put that out about ivermectin? You know, I think they, I think they just got, um, it, it all has to do with the government. You know, it really does. It, it, big pharma, um, you know, the government, uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's all oh, I can do is, I can, is I can answer those. that. Okay. Wait, can I just pose, yeah. can I just pose one idea on that one? The thing with vaccines is vaccines are insulated from lawsuits. You know, they're immune, pun intended, from lawsuits. Something like ivermectin could put liability back on pharmaceuticals. So why would they take the risk when they're, they could become more vulnerable? Could that be a reason? Does Merck have a vaccine, though, Barbara? So, yes, they have a vaccine. Uh, yes, they, right? Of course they have they? vaccines. No, I'm saying, do they have a COVID vaccine? No, but they have an antiviral, and that's the one that they produced and approved, and it's third stage on protocols from the NIH guidelines. So anybody anybody wants to know, you can go to NIH.gov and look up COVID guidelines, or you could go to IDSA.gov, which is the Infectious Disease Society Association. And so molnupiravir, I need to drink something. I haven't eaten or drink all day again. Um, that is the um, approved antiviral by Merck. So they had a full reason why they would not use ivermectin when it's pennies on the dollar and it's generic now. And I think it's out of, um, it's actually out of uh, a patent. So they have their own antiviral. That's yeah, why. Yes. Any, one of the uh, largest like... manufacturers of vaccines. So over, <laughs> over. And... Go to Danny, Danny, jump in. Barbara, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sorry about that. Let's, go ahead, Let's Danny. go, Babs. Come on. Yep, yep, yep. I'll take it from here. Danny and then Jose. We I think we skipped over Jose. But Danny, we love hearing your New York accent. So tell us what you got. How's everybody doing this evening? You sound like Rocky. <laughs> We're doing great. Good to see you here. Adrian! There we go. Well, Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, so All right. go, go I'm birds. sorry if I'm going to say anything that anyone already said. I apologize because I just hopped in the room, but... 
My This will be 30 seconds, guys. My summary is this. Early detection and early treatment, to my knowledge, of any cancer disease is the most effective way, early treatment, to cure any of these things, whether it's lung cancer, COVID, breast cancer. Early detection and early treatment are the way to cure cure them. And the most successful way to not die from any of these things, including COVID. So my synopsis is, you know, um, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, if, if used as early treatment, extremely reduce the risks of death. And I believe the pharmaceutical companies and God knows who in cahoots with the government, possibly, I can't prove that, but, um, didn't if people were if people realized on a mass scale that they that they could treat covid early on not have to go to the hospital and be okay then there would be no need for the bioweapon clot shot jab whatever you want to call it i won't call it a vaccine because ethically it's not a vaccine um because it hasn't seen the trial so my i mean look at the amount of money these people have made and and every other theory as to the control and everything else and i, I just so danny let me ask you this did you get the vaccine <laughs> is the sky blue barbara <laughs> no. <laughs> so you didn't get the vaccine did you make any of your employees you you run a construction company right did you make any of your employees comply did where did you stand on no that? absolutely not i believe that freedom of choice is uh is something that this country uh, is built on and, and runs on. And if we don't have that, we don't have anything. And one last thought is that this is, this is personal for me because every single person that I know that went to the hospital with COVID for COVID for treatment from COVID that they got remdesivir and a ventilator and they died in the hospital. I don't know one person that went to the hospital that didn't die from COVID while they were in there. And I know about 10 people who died in the hospital from COVID. My father's 74. He didn't get the vaccine. He got pretty sick, the jab, and he his oxygen level even went down to about 89. He still didn't go to the hospital because he, he feels the same way. Everyone he knows that went there died. And uh, you can get... You can get ivermectin at my local tractor supply store, the paste. So, really? yeah, absolutely. Anybody <laughs> can get it at a tractor supply store, um, the paste. Uh, you rub it on your skin. Um, oh, the paste. Yeah. Oh, but the you paste. rub it on your skin. Is that as effective? Does anybody know? I mean. Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. You, you just get it. You okay. can go online and get a prescription for ivermectin, and they will find you a local pharmacy. Go to, like, FLCC has their sites. A bunch of the doctors have their sites. I think, um, what's the lady, uh, the physician? My free doctor. Yeah, my free my doctor. Free doctor. And Dr. Stella has it. And it's like, you know, yep. people have permission across the U.S. to yes. be able to write And I just want to note that to this day, I cannot step inside my local hospital that I actually helped build when I was in the union because I don't have a vaccine card. Um, I can't go, to, I can't go in the, in the premises. Um, so... Yeah, I, that's that's just what I want to say, guys. Thanks for letting me talk. Thanks, Danny. Grateful you're here tonight. Jose, you've been patiently waiting. Go for it. 
Are you still there? Going once. Yeah, still here. Thank and, you. And and Barbara, real quick, you know they're they're starting to. It looks like they're hyping up to to use Omicron as another threat. That 100%. it's really dangerous. It's coming mm-hmm. out. You guys need to get ready. What what is it? February. Say, do you want it. to talk? Yeah. <laughs> Myself. Yeah, that's all right. Grant can Grant can speak first. That's fine. No, no, no. We were asking you to speak. <laughs> no, no, you oh, know what? Okay. Tira, Tira, Tira Graham I don't think you can hear me. Oh, I'm Tira, sorry. Can... I, I didn't hear. I can't hear him. This is app again. Jesus. Sorry. All right, all right Tira. Tira. I'll, if you drop down, we'll bring bring you back up. Um, but yeah, you know, Grant, that's it's like the machine is just so full. The engine is full throttle ahead. That machine to get the next set of boosters, the next uh, the next variant that's coming out. The, 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 people are still in compliance with asking for vaccination cards. So I find it terrifying. And what I think everybody in this room needs to do is actually not just share this room on Twitter, but ping this out to all other platforms, because this is the really the only place where you're having this kind of information disseminated and it's being, it's being flagged on other platforms. So we need to bring more people into Twitter spaces so we can hear this conversation we can have this dialogue. Listen, we don't mute anyone. We don't block anyone. We ask for open conversation. You're not going to get anything like this anywhere hey, else. Hey Barb, but we need everybody's real, help. Real yeah, go quickly, ahead. I just want just to give people some courage, right? Like I've said this before, you have a greater chance of dying going getting in your car and going to the store from a car accident than you do from getting COVID. I'm 41, not jabbed, and I've had COVID three times. And I'm fine. Like, so, you know, it's survivable, guys. You don't succumb. I think what we people need more information that isn't sponsored by Pfizer. And you're getting it here in only the Twitter spaces. So it is, we're going to help more people by getting it out on the Facebook. Say, come on, come in here into Twitter spaces. We're talking about X, Y, and Z. And bring your friends in here and, and, and talk about it. Jose, you were patiently waiting. So take it away. And did we bring Tira back up? Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, the title's changed again. Um, I was going to stick to the title thing. The previous one to this was um, why didn't you take the vaccine? Yo, bro, you just talk about whatever you want to talk about, brother. Yeah. Cheers, Grant. <laughs> um, well, as you know, got pretty bad here in Australia. Uh, that's where I'm from. I'm from South Australia, which is probably one of the safest places in Australia uh, when it comes around to this virus because we're not really overpopulated or anything like that. Um, but I, I grew up in Indonesia and the first thing I started doing once this virus started going crazy was, um, just bringing up friends over there. Uh, considering Indonesia, you got a lot of Chinese Indonesians, so you would have had a lot of, you know, ch- trips, uh, from Wuhan to Indonesia. Um, so I, I, I go on these spaces while I work, so I, I tend to pant a bit. Um, but like I, I grew up over there as, uh, they used to call me the, the Bule Rijet which uh, just basically translates into the rejected honky. No one wanted me in Australia, so they reckon they sent me to Indonesia. And this is because I spoke the language, you know, very well. I learned that at a very young age. And uh, so, you know, got well known over there. And I, I knew hundreds of people that generally would branch out to, you know, I suppose getting over a thousand. And not one of them was complaining about Alpha or Delta. And this is pre-vaccine. So obviously my... I was very skeptical about it to start off with. I was almost going to get it just so I could travel. Um, but, you know, eventually, you know, started doing my own research and found out 
maybe it's not the best idea. It's still a little experimental. Um, but post-vaccine, um, I know, um, was it my stepbrother's auntie? She, she died not long. She was actually a listed COVID death. Uh, sorry, listed uh, vaccine death. So, so um, sorry, someone speaking. Oh, you know, Grant, I think your mic is hot. Go ahead, Jose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I heard about that, and that's pretty much where I, I pulled the pin on it, and I started telling all my family, like, really, it's not a good idea to go down this path you know, before we find out exactly what's going to go on long term. Did you lose any friends or family over that kind of uh, conversation? Um, uh, I wouldn't say, I suppose, you'd say lost. You know, I was never. I was always the black sheep of the family anyway, um, so was my father. Uh, who passed in 2005, but, um, like most of them just, yeah, just kind of got started ghosting me. The worst was my mother, I suppose. Like she was trying to tell me, you got to trust the government, you got to trust the government. Well, I said, well, well, Jose, what, what percentage of Australia got vaccinated? Um, they say that the double vax or something was, uh, 90% or something like that, but it's got down to around about, um, for those who are actually fully, fully up to date. I, I don't know. Like I can't tell you the exact numbers. Yeah. I think, yeah. And then, um, have you guys had any kind of? Are you seeing any vaccine errors, or are you guys? Oh yeah, any yeah. Complications from the vaccine, and what are they? Absolutely. Well, my the mayor of my town, um, she she got peri- pericarditis, and uh, in fact, she was because I, I was mandated. I used to work in um, uh, compliance in in local government, and obviously fired because I wouldn't take the vaccine. And uh, come across her at one point, I was going to try and get a, a job in her council. Um, and she tried to help me out, but obviously she, her hands were tied in certain areas, but she was diagnosed with pericarditis and she came out in the underground news. So you only really saw videos of her on telegram. Um, she was a bit too scared to ruin her career by coming out a little bit too public, like too public. Um, but there's that I have my cousin rang me up at one point saying, I'm a bloody idiot. You know, I should, I should have listened to you because she got diagnosed with pericarditis. The problem is that they, they come out with these, you know, they, they find out they have these problems. Uh, with the exception of um, you know, the mayor, she's she's pretty smart. But my cousin got told, "Oh, you'll be fine. Like it will pass." And uh, they never really get told that you know, a heart complication generally does stay with you for your whole life. So, you know, most people might have had their slight reactions to the vaccine, but then went on to just go back to their life because at this stage they're they're, they're feeling fine. And any complications they may have from here, it's quite obvious. Doctors just rub that off as something else. Like, uh, I don't know what the most common one lately is climate change. <laughs> so yeah. But anyway, um, when it comes around to like, I suppose the, the current title, Ivermectin hydroxychloroquine, I got my own story in that as well. A friend of mine and I decided that we were trying to, get, we we're going to try and get some Ivermectin into Australia. And we did try and order some from India. Obviously at that point, a lot of people were, were pushing for, you know, that, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people were taking advantage yeah. of that, and yeah. we actually it, got a. It looks like sorry? there's like uh, like eighty thousand, eighty thousand reported cases of um, side effects over there. Oh, eighty thousand, and I'd say that's probably a number that's under under underreported, uh-huh. as um, Doctor yeah, Bernard has said before. Sorry, well, thank you. Yeah. Hey, thank you for coming, coming up and telling us how's the economy over there. Is your economy back uh, to normal or uh, is it starting to suffer? I think, I think we're starting to suffer a little bit now. I think we, we always, we always follow behind the U S. So you're starting to, 
uh, reduce your, your interest rates and we're still going up at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, cheers for letting me pop on. Thank you, bro. Appreciate, chat. You, appreciate yeah. you being in here. Yep. All right, thanks, Grant. Catch you later, thank, man. Thank you. All right, so who's yeah. next? Yeah, just go uh, next, guys. I got a point to make, if that's okay. Go ahead, Dr. Go Kevin. ahead, point, point to make. <laughs> so um, I was just thinking about how I think there's a paradigm shift going on now in our country where, and by all means, you know, I I practice medicine myself, but, you know, we as Americans are learning that we need to start taking control of our own health and not just abdicating all the responsibility to our family physician. You know, I believe that every everybody should start taking control of their own health and doing their own research and coming up with a plan that works for them, you know, and not just blindly trusting the, the experts. You know, I mean, we have doctors for a reason, but it's not like it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago, when people didn't have access to how much information we have today. You know, anybody can go on YouTube and watch Harvard classes, you know, for free. And, you know, so people people have so much information available for them today that they can make their own conclusions about how they want to proceed, you know, and obviously we have the experts, we have the doctors that know us and know our symptoms, you know, that that is absolutely necessary, but like, and, you know, it's not, it's not like a magic title that, okay, now that you have this title that you're so, you're so much more superior to other people. It's like, obviously there's a lot of study that goes into it. But but I think, I think it's clear. And I mean, maybe you guys can, you know, I'm not trying to be unfair to doctors. They, they were overwhelmed. I don't think they knew what to do. You guys want to just talk about how much the doctors knew or didn't know and how much confusing, conflicting data if they've been using ivermectin and these other alternatives in the past or vitamin D, or they even using zinc and vitamin D and these other solutions during flu seasons and then COVID comes around and they're being told, country's got to shut down 40 million people out of work. Oh my God, people are dying because of respirators. And then we got to rush respirators. And then like, weren't the doctors overwhelmed in all fairness? I mean, this just goes to another point of, yes. I mean, the doctors were overwhelmed, um, but it's a problem in our society where we've outsourced pretty much every aspect of our lives. You know, we, we outsource, our groceries are, you know, self-protection. We have the law enforcement. We, you know, it's like hundred years ago, 200 years ago, people had to do these things for themselves, you know? And so we've become so, I hate to say complacent or lazy as a society where everything's outsourced, where it's like, we need to start, you know, taking care of ourselves. Like, I hope this is a wake up call to all of us that we need to, you know, be more self-reliant and not depend so much on the institutions around us. I think the problem is, is that, can you guys hear me, by the way? Yeah, you're good. You know, I think the big problem is, is that we have been conditioned to trust the authorities, trust the experts. And that's how we can't learn everything. So we go to our doctors, we go to our 
you know, uh, are specialists. But here's Grant, what I find um, something very interesting. When I went to ask my pediatrician, I said, can I get a medical exemption for my kids? And so my, we know my, my son has a, is vaccine injured. He has vaccine induced epilepsy. But when I asked to get the other medical exemptions for my other two kids who have no, no issues, no, nothing, they wrote that letter without even, they, they were like, sure, no problem. Is that what you want? I said, yes. It showed me that maybe they were also a little apprehensive, have a li- little apprehensive to give my kids the vaccine. But here's the question that I want to put out to everyone that's here. Um, when my son was vaccine injured as an infant, my twin brother is a lawyer and I called him and I asked him, I said, what I don't understand is why they keep making me do more vaccines when he's already proven that he has an intolerance. There's something, there's something wrong with him. Why are they doing this to me? And he said, Barbara, they don't want to get sued because let's say all of a sudden your son gets the measles and he didn't, you know, the doctors told you not to get the measles. The doctors are scared of a lawsuit. So they'd rather, you know, they'd rather you just take the vaccine. They're insulated there. They are not insulated if they get the disease and they were the ones that were negligent in putting it out there. So I just wonder if some of these doctors were following protocols to, to avoid um, lawsuit or liability. Is that a possibility? Does anybody want to speak to that? But Barbara, you just said that your own doctors gave you medical exemptions that you might not have, that might not have been warranted. Understood, so clearly Tira, they were scared the, of that. No, Tira, that's what made that for this is for with COVID-19. I cannot get medical exemptions for any other vaccine for any of my children, other, other than my vaccine injured child. I get no medical ex- exemptions. But the interesting thing, the reason I brought that up, I found these, I go to mainstream doctors. I go, I, I, I do go to alternative as well. But here in Princeton, I go to very mainstream doctors. That is where I found it so suspect. These doctors bust my chops every time I go in because I only do certain, well, I have stopped all vaccines, but that's my personal choice. They literally wrote the letter and didn't bat an eyelash when all I do is fight with them every year about the annual flu shot and every other shot that I don't want my kids to do. I fight with them, Tira. So it's it's not the same situation. And I'm curious. If it, anybody... It's true. It's true, yeah. uh, Barbara. And, and it's true, uh, Tira, that unless you guys are actually fighting for these things, you're not going to know it. When you go to your doctor, they treat you like a leper because you're like, dude, I just don't want to do this. Oh, you're not, you're not doing the science. You're being ignorant. Uh, when we, when we uh, home birthed our children, same thing. You're being irresponsible. You have to have a hospital involved. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I actually don't. And, I, and I'd rather not bring my wife to where sick people gather to bring a healthy baby into the world. Why, why, why is that? I, I know I'm not a doctor. Nobody needs to remind me. I don't have a white coat on. I didn't study medicine. I know that. Nobody needs to tell me that. I know I'm operating only with common sense. But when, I, when, when we bring the kids back and they're like, look, you got to vaccinate the kids. And I'm like, we don't want to vaccinate the kids. And and they treat you like you're something's wrong with you. And you, yeah, no, and they roll their eyes, and you get this is your decision. It's on you, and like you've just you haven't done your due diligence. It's very hard. I mean, everyone, a lot of people give you pushback, but I've got three. You know, I don't know. I'm just curious if doctors are are you afraid to go against the company line, the the company narrative right now? Is is that something? 
Dr. Molly, can you speak to that? Jim, what are your thoughts? I can speak to that. Um, I went against the company line. I got texts that telling me from my hospital, they were having, uh, the administration was having meetings about me speaking out on social media and that I needed a pipe down. I was later fired for going against that. And I just had a hearing this week with a professional organization for defrauding the public and spreading dangerous misinformation. So all of this is costly for time and money and effort that I could be taking care of patients. It's a total, total waste of time. You know, I haven't spoken to one of my colleagues since I left the ICU a year and a half ago. So it is, it is complete and total isolation from the, your former network. Do you have to get more insurance, you know, um, as a doctor because you don't follow the protocol? No. Every, so most okay. of your insurance is based on where you practice. That's probably the number one variable. And then um, what your specialty is, so like what procedures you're performing, um, and then how long you've been in practice. So it doesn't have anything to do with that as long as you're not sued. So to me, it's, it's good documentation. It's good patient relationships. And knock on wood, I've never been sued. I have another question. Do you, because like, you're talking, you're on the ground level with other physicians and doctors. Do more doctors go against you? Are they quietly in your favor? Like, what is, I, I want to do a temperature read from your perspective. Um, so most doctors that, like, I directly knew, a lot of them, like, kind of gave me the high five before I got fired and told me they totally agreed with me, but they just not, didn't have the backbone to stand up for it. Like, they all told me, oh, I'm not getting my next booster. You know, they were big talkers until it came time to, like, their job was on the line. Um, so I think there are a lot. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's, yeah. I, I like hearing that. Thanks. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. So I think probably if you look at corporate medicine, a third of them are totally bought in. They'll wear as many masks and take as many shots as you want. I think a third of them don't know, right? And they, it's kind of inconvenient to figure this out if you have a conscience. And I think a third of them know very well, but they're in a position they don't think they can go do their own thing. Um, they don't know how to get out of their job. They're stuck in a location because of like custody with their kids. This is some of the doctors in California, right? They're divorced and they can't move out of the state. Um, so for varying reasons, people are in the system still, or they want to try to like help the people under the table as much as possible. Could I push back uh, just a little bit? Is that okay? Yeah, I hear hey, Tira. And who, who, who yeah. was the male that I, whose voice is that? Uh, Dr. Kevin. Okay, Tira and then Dr. Yeah, I just want to push back a little bit, but not about the COVID vaccine, which about which for children, I think people do have, um, many doctors have differing views because of a risk analysis. Okay, I'm not talking about that. But in terms of regular childhood vaccines, the typical ones, MMR, DTaP, that sort of stuff, I think most doctors believe that they are extremely helpful. I truly do. I think they uh, let's, tell you. Tira, let's talk about that. I, th th I think they the, give the, you that device. I don't think that's true. The oh, first, the first vaccine, Tira, I'll go there with you. Let's talk about the vet, very first vaccine a child gets. Do you know what that is? Can't remember. No. Nope. It's the hepatitis B. Do you know what the hepatitis right. B shot protects against? Well, I guess hep B. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to look it up. No, I'm it's not going to look it up. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to completely disagree with you. And I, Robert, I think you need. You I think, think you need they, to go. No, don't you think that they want? They believe that measles vaccines are efficacious and are helpful because they don't want kids to get measles. More to the point, they don't. Ohio just had an outbreak of measles in unvaccinated. Generally, now if you're going to talk about the childhood vaccinations, we're going to talk about all of them. And in their totality, these vaccines have not been tested in in, in their totality. What I mean by that 
And it's how these kids are metabolizing them. Number one, it's one size fits all. So no, I don't believe that. I think they're indoctrinated and they, they do what they're told they're to do because they're afraid of lawsuits. Because if they really cared about the health and well-being of a newborn, not a single pediatrician can ever answer to me why it is in the best interest of a newborn to give them the hepatitis B shot at birth and then to give them a booster when they have absolutely 0% chance of contracting that disease unless the parent had already had it and it goes from the mother to the baby. When I was at well, the hospital, uh, here's, here's, the, here's the thing with that. Because if you think about it, the way that doctors, you know, how they become a doctor, it's they have to go through so many years of schooling and through residency and it's it's a process of you know like just grueling schoolwork and you're never taught to question the narrative you're taught to just go along with everything like that's how you become you're not going to become a doctor if you're going against the grain in any way so because it's not that it's not that doctors don't it's they're they're very you know pretty much 95 percent of them they're all well-meaning but they're not, they're not taught to, they're not taught to like do what you're doing about questioning, you know, why are we giving 80 shots to a brand newborn baby that these vaccines haven't been thoroughly tested? Dr. Kevin, and I, I agree with you because I think it is a lot of information and I believe with all my heart, people go into medicine because they want to help. They don't want to hurt. And I, you know, I don't want to come across, I'm not anti-doctor at all. Again, I'm a stage three cancer survivor and I would not be here today without some crazy surgery where they took out a foot of my large intestine and then they glued it back together with glue and duct tape. I don't know what they were doing in there, but I'm really grateful for modern advances in medicine. So I don't want to come across anti-modern medicine, but I do think we need to pump the brakes and get real because in no way is that childhood vaccination schedule in the best interest of children's when we children when we have epidemics of allergies, ADHD, autism, asthma. I mean, these are these are epidemics that we didn't have 20 years ago because our vaccination schedule has tripled since you and Tira since you and I grew grew up. It's absolutely it's barbaric that we take a newborn child and give them a shot to a disease they have absolutely. No way, zero. No doctor can get up on this stage and tell me this is how a newborn contracts hepatitis B. You have to stick an, an infected needle into that child of hepatitis B. You can't contract it. I had a nurse when I delivered my my daughter, and I delivered her no drugs, nothing, but I did deliver her in a hospital. And the nurse came in 24 hours later. She said, let's get started with the vaccines. I said, hell to the no. I've already been here before. I'm going to say no to the hepatitis B. She looked me dead in the eye and she said, you're going to take that risk when you go to a playground? Like, how are you going to take her to a playground? This is how really ridiculous our system is. I'm like, unless I was educated and I was educated, unfortunately, not through education, but through circumstance. But that's what the nurse said to me. I'm like, first of all, what newborn is crawling around a a playground? Second of all, what kind of playgrounds am I going to? And really, what playground has a needle that is actually has live attenuated blood with hepatitis? Please stop the madness. Please, somebody, I can't even begin. Hey, Barbara, seriously, look at the implied authority. You know, if you think about it, most of us aren't doctors. We're not doing in-depth, you know, medical school type, you know, treatment or, you know, education. So if you think about it, it's like when you get pulled over by a police officer, it's implied authority. They probably know the law. That's what you're thinking, right? So when you go to the doctor, you got to know what they're thinking. And just to this, you know, I've been on the operating table nine times in my life. Six of them were on my knee. 
And I remember when my OR or my doctor, he was a sports medicine doctor, and he said, yep, you need to be an OR Tuesday. And he didn't give an option. And my mom didn't understand that when I was playing sports in high school. So what does that do? That weakens the knee every time they cut you open, and then you got to do rehab again. But this guy was known to operate 41% of the time he had the OR. And it, it makes me think that certain doctors, you know, when it comes to this treatment, maybe ivermectin, those are the other third that Dr. Molly talks about. That's like, look, let's look at all of our options instead of just go with the go-to. That's going to be vaccination. And unfortunately, I think the yeah, American hey, public hey, is not Storm, as educated about Storm, this. And it hurts. Yeah, you remember, Storm, you remember the tonsil, tonsil I, what, what, when they were moving, removing tonsillitis. Yeah, I don't have tonsillitis. my tonsils. Do you Everybody got them out. Like, like, now they don't do that. And so why is that, though? I mean, we were told as kids, we need our tonsils out. You don't want to get tonsillitis again. Well, one one thing that we have to keep in mind is that, um, and it often gets lost in the whole system that we have set up because of the insurance industry and stuff, that it's still a business at the at the end of the day. You know, a doctor is seeing you because they're going to get paid, you know, but how are they getting paid? It's through this whole insurance industry that's set up to take the payments and they set the prices. So it's like the doctors, you know, like traditionally, you know, a hundred years ago before insurance was even a thing, you would go to the doctor and you would pay cash or whatever. And then you could like even negotiate on the price and stuff, but it's become so corrupted through the insurance industry that they're the ones that set the prices and they inflate the prices of everything. So that's a big part of it as to why it becomes corrupted is because the prices are just astronomical. Dr. Kevin, can I ask you a question? I was looking at VAERS, and they said there were six, roughly 668 million doses that were given, right? And I don't know if that's, you know, one shot or the fifth booster at this point. Um, my question to you is, I, I tried to Google um, vaccination deaths for COVID, and nothing comes up. It talks about vaccinated dogs, vaccinated cats, but it doesn't talk about death when it comes to COVID vaccination. Um, and it, it just makes me wonder, what are they hiding? Because you well, know, that's because be that's because got to be deaths associated somehow. And they said casually, there's nine J and J, and they say death is very rare, but they don't even list that as a side effect on the Pfizer site. So can can you maybe expound upon that? Well, the real reason behind that is is because the people that are controlling the outflow of information and all of that, they're also the ones that are in control of the farm. It's like there's a few people at the top, these ultra, ultra billionaires, that they're, like Bill Gates, he invested so much money into the vaccinations, right? And he, you know, you can even check this out for yourself, but he's made half a billion dollars profit since the vaccines were rolled out. But he also has large stakes of investments in news outlets, in you know these these uh, fact checkers and things like that, so the great majority of the things that are being filtered, it's by like two hundred people that are way at the top, and they're trying to control all the information, and they're they're profiting off of the the medical industry, and it's corrupt. You said you googled it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, you can't you can't you can't believe that Bill Gates can make a phone call to. The Washington Post and say, "Hey, change your headlines." I mean, he's not calling. No, no, but if you paper. if you look at his donations and stuff, he's donated hundreds of millions of dollars to these different news outlets. So 
it, I'm not saying that he's the one dictating it, but the influence is there. And it's just over time that that just gets more and more corrupt. It's the same reason why Google, why you know that Google is have, have affected the elections. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's a and corp- Google. Google has Google has patents. Google has patents on it's vaccines. They're involved so in all it, of it. It behooves them to be pro-vaccination because they own patents for a lot of these vaccines. Can we just address the elephant in the room here regarding doctors? This is an, 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 this is really the unfortunate truth. Right? It's medical fascism. That's what's going on here. This is long standing. Rockefeller set up the American Medical Association for the petroleum industry. He absolutely removed all natural medicine from the indoctrination of doctors to become doctors. That's what this is about. This is about money. This is about power. This is about control. It's about corporateocracy. Please read The Doctrine of Fascism by Benito Mussolini. I posted it in the nest. It explains the medical tyranny. They use the medical industry to impose fascism. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't any nonsense. This well, is well, reality. Well, how, how, does, how, does, how, how does that impose fascism? Because you trust your doctor, right? Don't you? Everyone, everyone just trusts. They can tell. Yeah, the they can tell what's I, going I in your body. I know, but this can't become a hate room. On it's doctors. not at all. Doctor, you guys but, can't. Grant, like what I'm saying is, you can't tell me the doctors are not signing. The doctors are signing up. To do I, 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 I agree with that. But that. aren't they also? Okay, okay. Aren't they also like like was previously stated? They go through this process. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars over eight years, let's just say, right, between regular school, normal bachelors, and then they get their their doctrine, their MD, or whatever it is, right? They spend tremendous amount of time, effort, and money. And don't you think and wouldn't you think that if they're in a system that is that is geared in one specific direction, right, towards the petroleum industry, towards towards a a financial control right there's a book called the trillion dollar conspiracy by by jim mars that explains a lot of the pharmaceutical industry backdrop behind all of this at the end of the day these are people that sure they sign up they probably had dreams as a as a little kid to be a doctor and as they indoctrinate themselves into that system do you think they want the rug of life pulled out from under them no grant they they believe in what they believe in sure but over time and slowly and surely as they proceed they're not going to get that dream fulfilled if they don't play the game and participate in the system that they've put themselves in unknowingly and there are a tremendous amount of doctors that still want to do good like like the doctor that just said um uh, which one was it that got fired and said she got some high fives from some doctors, but, the, yeah, Dr. Right, but she didn't have, they didn't have the balls. They didn't have the backbone, quote unquote, to, to stand up like she did. Praise you, girl. You are what everyone needs to see, right? Those 17,000 doctors right now that are standing up saying this is a gene therapy. This needs to be recalled. This is not what it, what it was told to be. And at the end of the day, it's like, at what point are there knowing and willing participants at the higher levels? And at what point are there just those those honest, hardworking, I want to do good doctors without borders kind of people that are trying to do the right thing, but kind of caught up in it, right? There's that 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 gray area of of society and psychology that it's like it's the same thing. You try to tell people, hey, listen, here's Here's the, the facts that are all coming out by 17,000 doctors around the world, right? That have all come together. 
and there's these, you know, McCullough and all these other doctors that have come out and said this, and people still don't wake up to it. It's something's going hey, on. Ben. And yeah. but behind behind all of that, hold on, hold on a second. Ben, do you have kids, man? Yes, and you know what? My three year old wants to be a doctor. Do, do you read them? Do you read them bedtime stories? I do. Dude, I can hear you read me a bedtime story. That's a fact. <laughs> you, you, you drop your voice. You bring it up. The, they're back they're coming after you. Right? Got you engaged, <laughs> He could make money on that thing. I've done that my whole life, Grant. I've done that my whole life. I was, uh, I was in the public markets. I was a broker. I've lived on the phone. At the end of the day, it's about you know, personal inflection and, and feeling the passion. You know, I was one of those guys like, and you know, that would get under your table and, and, and when the whole boardroom is really loud and hold on a second, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta close the door. I gotta get behind her so I could, you know, it's about perception. It's about understanding who you're talking to, but yeah, yeah. But look, yeah. we've, we've got to take a stand here. At what point are we just going to talk? Hey, can I make one more point? Can I make one more point, and then I'm, and then I'll, and then I'll drop. Man, who the hell is there with that badass microphone? Doctor Kevin, Dr. his Kevin. mic is painful. Doctor Kevin, I want to ask you a question. You want, uh, you want to ask him a question? Let him fix his mic. Doctor for his mic. Yeah, he's he going to fix it. He's going to fix. And Doctor Molly, this because I think then I'm going to back us up on his point. He, you know, the average college debt's a little over two hundred thousand dollars for med school students, and so if you got your whole profession taken away from you because you decided. <laughs> Sorry, I just choking, bro. Bro, we we don't do Wi Fi COVID in this space, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we don't do no, Wi Fi I mean, COVID, bro. You know what I'm saying? Computer <laughs> virus. God, well, dang. I was just gonna say, if, if you got your profession taken care of or taken away from you after eight years and two hundred thousand dollars that you spent for that profession, and your whole point was to do good, but the guardrails of what you were able to do and practice by change and you're told from the top down that you have to change it or you're going to get fired what would you do besides while you have forty thousand dollars right while you're paying your tuition for kids college and school private school of like 40 60 grand or something right you got a whole life to live and a family to support i i just want to make one more point and um and i and i know a lot of people aren't going to agree with it or whatever but you know, there's a spiritual element to this too, and that behind all of this, that there's evil spirits in the demonic realm, and Satan, he's the prince of this world currently, and there's a lot of deception. It says in the Bible, in the end times, that there's going to be deception that's far and wide, you know, and I just want to bring that spiritual element into it, and then I think a lot of people that um, are well-meaning, but the devil has pulled the wool over their eyes as to what this is really all about. Dr. Kevin, I have said that in space. That, that so is the point often. with his room. That That's the point with his room. Jumped the shark. Excuse me. You don't believe that Jonathan? No, of course you don't. In the beginning of time, there started a battle of souls. Now you see in the music industry, absolute okay, then, insanity. Please. <laughs> I, I, I won't go there anymore, but I just want to bring that up once. That's it. Was that you got to fix your mic, dude. Can I answer the question about what do you do if you can't be a doctor? Because would love to hear that. It's actually eleven years and a couple hundred thousand dollars, and I actually had to consider this right because I've been under investigation by a medical board now for fourteen months with no accusation of wrongdoing. Um, and what I decided is I can clean houses, I can go sell cars, I can do whatever. Right? We are learners. And just because, exactly. you, just because you've trained in one field doesn't mean that's not a translatable skill. So 
you know, if somebody like me can't have a medical license, our society has a lot bigger problems than if I have a medical license. Amen, Dr. Molly. You've just got brass I'm looking I have... for a bunker somewhere in Nebraska <laughs> that I can go hang out with my friends when when Twitter Spaces gets I'm, taken down by the I'm going by with the way, you. Make that bunker it, big. <laughs> yeah, hey, the, 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 it sounds to me I've seen some things popping up here and there that, that they're starting to uh, kind of reduce some of these rooms or some of these titles. Has anybody else seen that on, on Twitter? Jimmy, have you heard anything about that? I have not. I mean, I've, I know that things have been glitching a lot lately when our spaces get up into the 10, 11,000 range that will sometimes get, you know, pretty messed up. Thanks for coming out with us, little people, Jim. Thanks for coming to hang out with us at a little picnic here. Yeah. <laughs> man, man, Jim, Jim got too big for us, man. He used to be here all the time, man. He, you know, he, he, dude, he went dude. flip-flop. God dude, damn, I, Jim! I do not. Hey, I'm I, seriously. I, I do want to say I feel really bad about it. I've been so freaking busy with clients and just doing the. Man, here, 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 we, here we go with that Provax talk, man. That's the same thing the Provax doctors do. <laughs> Giving these goddamn excuses, man. Come on. <laughs> I came in tonight, didn't I, dude? And yeah, we appreciate it, it, Jim. We we love you, my brother. <laughs> we love y'all too, man. <laughs> seriously, let's do it. All right, let's let's go to Julia. Jules, how how you doing, Jules? It's good to see you in here. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm great. Thanks so much, and uh, thanks for hosting such a wonderful space, uh, hosts and co-hosts. I wanted to jump back to a question that was asked. Um, I think this was when I first tuned in. Was does ivermectin work to treat COVID? So it's definitely shown positive results in some trials against COVID nineteen because it's inhibiting viral replication and modulating the immune response. At least that's what's thought. And I'm sure a lot of us recall hearing, you know, the mainstream media and governments pretty much everywhere using the excuse that there was an absence of randomized controlled trials. So that's RCTs, which gave them essentially the fodder to dismiss ivermectin as a treatment. In my opinion, I think that the totality of the evidence over the past two years has really demonstrated ivermectin's efficacy, but I'm also a big fan of seeing data that proves it. So I'd, I'd seen this article a couple of weeks ago where a large randomized control study on ivermectin efficacy for preventing and treating COVID-19 that was released to the public ahead of publication in an academic journal. So like I said, that was about two weeks ago. And in, when she introduced the study, the lead author, Professor Colleen Aldrus, she's a geneticist and a clinical researcher. She made a great point that the science is being misrepresented in mainstream media in favor of a skewed focus on the more negative studies and that that's been going on now for years during the pandemic. Um, so, of course, those got a lot of attention, but then they were gaslighting studies that showed the actual um, efficacy of ivermectin. So just to quickly go over that study, it was a parallel group, double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled study involving almost 400 unvaccinated participants. This was last year, throughout the year. Participants were included in the study within five days after close exposure to someone with a confirmed infection. So of the 200 part- participants, so it's half, that received ivermectin, 30 showed a laboratory-confirmed infection between days 1 and 28 of the study. Of the approximately 200 who received the placebo, 105 showed infections in the same period. So it's 30 versus 105. So that indicates that taking daily oral ivermectin resulted in a 72% reduction in the COVID-19 infection compared to the control group. So that effectively, um, at least that study, showed its efficacy. The author said science has shown us a tool that could have saved millions of lives. And she was, of course, talking about that drug. Yeah, for nothing, by the way. We wouldn't have had to shut the country down. 
hundred percent. It costs pennies. It was available everywhere. We didn't need to raise four trillion dollars. Four trillion dollars was spent on this, just in America. Right, and then our kids and grandkids will will not never be able to pay back. But none of this money gets paid back. You know, and the the, I'll tell you the worst thing. And um, uh, Vin, I think, brought up something related to. fascism and and I think that there's something to be said about that we're not quite to Mussolini yet but there are people who would love to get there we have a corporatism which is really one of the fundamentals of fascism we have a corporatism in this country that is outrageous so for example I was just listening recently to uh, Dr. John or yeah Dr. John Campbell's uh, YouTube on vitamin D and, and the numbers on that like vitamin D and zinc as a as a preventative um, and then treatment hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin like these, these are such simple inexpensive uh, applications of help had we not shut that stuff down early on and by the way it would not have helped everybody but there are a lot of people who would have been helped by this that we really have a corporatism where drug companies who are who have gotten tens of billions of dollars Hundreds of billions, really worldwide, when you take it all into account, Johnson Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer, and because we gave them the preference on a vaccine, which, by the way, vaccine science—I'm not—I'm not a—I'm not, a, I'm not a, a vaccinologist or anything—but vaccine science is such that you you do that to help with herd immunity on the edges. That is not the way to go to herd immunity. An infection is the way, and and of course. We knew that there were ways to. But Jim, Jim, in, Jim, in, yeah. Four or five months ago, you couldn't have said that on on. Well, you, I don't know. If oh, you yeah. could Say that on Instagram right now. No, no, you cannot say it on Facebook right now. And 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 Dr. Campbell has to be very very cautious on his YouTube. You know, he's but he 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 has a very good way of getting the info out. But yeah, that's absolutely right. So the people in the worst, like seventy and people that were seventy and above, when the vaccine came out, you're like, okay you probably want to consider taking it. I mean, based on the information you had initially. And so you could consider that. But to to throw it out as far as they did and to say that the vaccine was going to save everything and help everything is crazy. Now we know on the back end that they were totally fudging the numbers. They were totally wrong. And very interestingly, my friend James O'Keefe just brought out the worst information of all that, that this is the biggest scam in world history. And it, well, that happens because of government. That's how this stuff takes place. That's why it becomes a problem. Because we have built a system, particularly here in the United States, it exists in Europe too, and some other countries elsewhere, uh, other free countries elsewhere. China's a different bird, but you know, places like Japan. They, we built a system where we give special preferences to large corporations and or to well-connected corporations in other means um, so that they can drive out their competitors and or get special advantages from the government. Th- this is a, this is the big scam. This is this is just the biggest of them. But that but Jim, th- th- this happens everywhere in every country, right? Well, yeah. Well, so so when in, in uh, Federalist 51, um you had um, uh, James Madison say, you know, if all men were angels, we wouldn't need government. I mean, and, and then he went to lay out the, the basic reason for government. Government 
is evil. By the way, government is legal force. We forget what government really is because we want government to protect us. Okay, well, there's there's a protection role with government, but but you don't. There's no reason to have laws unless there's a purpose to enforce those laws. So therefore, the problem isn't the enforcement mechanism. The reason that that governments enforce anything is ostensibly for the good. So the problem is the laws. Like, government has force. It's always going to have force. Our problem is, what is the construct of the laws we pass, and why do we do those? We do not follow constitutional government in this country, or else there would never be, for example, the Troubled Asset Relief Program, which a lot of people probably don't remember what that was. TARP, it was known by. This is where we bailed out big banks in the in the financial crisis after 2007 and eight. But here's the problem. The other government agency that, that was around, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and I'm sure, Grant, you saw this all over the place too, that is medium and small banks were shut down by the FDIC because they said that their balance sheets didn't look good, which was a farce because medium and small-sized banks were not making loans right after that. They were all being totally responsible and saying, we're not going to make loans it's not a good time. They were sitting on their balance sheets, on their on their loan balance sheets, and they were going to wait it out. And but yet the FDIC shut those down. But hey, you know, Citibank is too big to fail, so we got to bail it out. It's bullcrap. This is the, this is what we do in government. And those are the big players. And to, no, every one of those large banks should have failed. They should have gone bankrupt if they'd have made the bad loans. And we should have held uh, politicians responsible who built the system that required them to make bad loans, by the way, and reformed that system. And that's the problem we have. That was a, not a, a specific test run with knowledge of what was coming with COVID, but it was a test run because no one reacted to that problem. And now we got government coming in and doing something else. And that's why we have a Pfizer vaccine that is absolutely harming many, many people, even with whatever benefits, and there are some, that were there on the back end of it. But it, it's harming people, and these corporations go hog wild and do whatever the freak they want because they know that no politician is going to oppose it, or at least not enough that have power, and certainly not those in leadership in in the uh, legislative bodies. That's a crime. It's a crime yeah. against humanity. I just yeah. wanted to add... Um, cause Jim mentioned James O'Keefe. Project Veritas had uncovered DARPA documents. I think it was early last year indicating our government knew ivermectin was quote curative as early as April 2020 and the same for hydrochloroquine. Yeah. And, and listen, uh, and James, James has been a friend for many years. I got really close to his organization a while back. Uh, Peter Schweitzer told me I needed to call James one day. And, and so anyway, we, we built up that relationship and, and, and I see what James does and he's a really interesting guy <laughs> to know him personally, just very, very interesting. But what, but what's in, but what's really significant about that is it takes a guy like James O'Keefe to do the types of things to reveal what's really a problem and what's really at stake. By the way, it takes a Peter Schweitzer too. Who's done, and he's, he, I, I have a good relationship with James, but Peter's like a close friend of mine. And, and I'm telling you, he's affected everything. He's exposed everything bad himself that goes on in government. And, and I helped him get some of that information at one time too, just as a friend. We've been friends before that, but I'm telling you, 
we need people like this. We got to support folks like that and then carry what they say, because if we do not, then we're all sunk because we have a media right now. By the way, I I don't on my Twitter. I probably should share it in the nest, but uh, on Twitter I shared today. I saw a CBS article. It said uh, suspected Chinese spy balloon shot down over. And I'm sitting there saying, no, no, wait a minute. We've had we had the Biden administration say it was a Chinese balloon. Crazy, we had the Chinese man. Crazy. Say it was a Chinese balloon. Crazy. It's like what the freak is this? Well, who are yeah, these people? Exactly. It's nuts. And so we're we we are really in a bad place if we don't keep pressing forward. And I, I appreciate what you guys do on your spaces. And I'm not blowing you off. I, I know Nelson's playing with me, but but this is really no, no, the playing. discussion we're having here right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I appreciate you being in here, Jim. And, and and I find that I saw that CBS thing today too, and I'm like, come on, man, guys, it's so obvious now. It's and when I see guys crazy. like Bobby Kennedy, when I see guys like Bobby Kennedy, I searched his name tonight, and you see pages after pages after pages of. You know, he's this, he's that, nothing good. It's impossible. These are scrubbed. These are completely scrubbed, okay? Like, it, it is so obvious, guys. Sometimes you just got to look for what, what is not there. Let's go to Remakey and then Joanne. They have their hands up. Let's do it. Good evening. What a fantastic discussion. This is Monica Ricky up here in the turquoise circle. And... um Gosh, so many thought-provoking comments tonight. The first thing I want to say is I still have my tonsils. I'm Gen, I'm Gen X, and I have my tonsils because my mother had a healthy skepticism of uh, medicine back in the 60s. And so um, this is such an interesting and long history of people distrusting medicine to some degree. And as Barbara said, and lots of others said, others said there are so many good doctors out there. And, and, um, and so we don't want this to be an anti- doctor room, but it's really interesting how things have divided the medical community and really sort of exposed um, the challenges that the medical community is facing between having to choose providing for their family and, and, and honoring what they know in their heart and soul and gut to be correct and to be ethical. So that's been an interesting thing to watch. Um, the Dr. Drew Pensky um, worked with Dr. Fauci in the 80s around the AIDS thing. And in the interestingly, in the beginning of this uh, situation, pandemic, Dr. Drew had been saying, because um, I was sitting on his live streams with him at that time back in 2020, he was saying, Dr. Fauci, you'll see us through this. Dr. Fauci, you'll be our North Star. Like, and, and, and Dr. Drew really, truly believed that. And what is interesting is if you've seen any of Dr. Drew's live streams lately, which he's been doing them consistently for about two years now, he has now joined the ranks of uh, those who are open to maybe seeing this for more than what it appeared at first. And so he's had on many, many experts. And I think that he would be a wonderful addition to this room. And I'd be happy to text his wife and ask if he would do that, if you'd like yeah. me to. But he's had on so many so many professionals, Dr. Kelly Victory and, um, and just so many, so many guys and, and women on who were talking about everything from the virus itself to Dr. Fauci, to the jab, to the blood clots, to the shedding of vaccines, to sudden death and everything else, right? So that's an interesting aspect as well. And w- what I find fascinating is how, as again, I always use the phrase unholy alliance. There's this unholy alliance that we have, we've known that it's been there, but it's never in my lifetime, and I'm kind of old, it's never been so obvious and so dismissive of the American public. 
It's like they, they don't even hide it anymore between government and media and big pharma and big tech. They don't even hide it. And what's, what's insulting to me as a taxpayer and should be to every one of you in this room, if you're an American taxpayer, is the way that your tax dollars have been used to propagandize this, what they call a vaccine, for the benefit of big pharma. They're, they're using your tax dollars to advertise this thing to you and your children and to spin it like crazy so that they can line the pockets of big pharma. And, and it's just disgusting to me what, what has been, e- 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 what's the word, illuminated these past few years. But you know what else has also been exposed, and w- which is hopeful to me? I like to end on something positive. The past three years have also exposed how we do need to advocate for ourselves, how we do need to stand up and say, no, I will not do that. No, you will not do that to me or my children or my family. We will band together. We will right, not stand for just being told what to do anymore because we are smarter now than we were. In the past couple of years, I've also exposed the fire and the spirit of people who realize that they've been played, lied to, coerced, and deceived by entities that we used to think we could trust. And I am so grateful for this room. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here and thanks for jumping in. Down, she throws down that girl right there, man. Man, that's that. That's my girl. That's, that's my type of girl. I was, wait, I was gonna know? climb. I, I'm claiming Monica. I found her first. What's Thanks, wrong with Monica. you, guys? Why, why are you stealing my shine? Oh. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's go to Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Let's do it. Hi, thank you so much for this space. I, I never thought I'd have a chance to share my story amongst so many people and be able to reach such a broad, broad spectrum of experts. Um, first of all, Monica, I also have my tonsils. <laughs> and so, you know, there's something to say for um, being durable. Uh, I have a slightly different story, which I, th- which I hope um, you can appreciate. Um, in 2016, I moved to Philadelphia because I was working on continuing my education. I went back to school. I was working on my bachelor's degree. That became divine intervention because in 2017, I was diagnosed with leukemia, AML. I had um, immediate treatment for with um, chemotherapy. I had wonderful doctors. However, in 2018, I relapsed and I had a bone marrow transplant. I um, it went well. It went really well. It was very successful. I do have what's called GVHD. I had acute and then what's chronic. That's GVHD is graft versus host disease. And there's a series of medications that I'm on. And, um, of course, over the course of my treatments, there were many transfusions. So I did have um, a couple of bouts of blood clots. I had DVTs. I had renal vein thrombosis, you know, that that sort of thing. And <clears throat> But as I was being taken care of and I was doing great, uh, COVID hit and our cancer center, um, got in touch with all patients and sort of, if you want to put it in quotations, fast tracked, given it, giving us an opportunity because it was taking weeks for people getting appointments. They were kind of streamlining and putting us to the head of the line if we wanted to get vaccinated. And so, um, thinking that I'm older, I went through this. I'm immunosuppressed. I have older parents. Um, 
and I was planning on returning. I actually live in Florida, but I was going between the two states. Um, I thought, well, let me, let me find out what, what this is about. And my oncologist, I asked him and of course he used the same quote that every doctor I have used, which was there was robust research. And I said, well, put me on the schedule. The next thing I knew, I was getting an email saying that you have this appointment, but we need a informed consent signed before we can give you the vaccination. And they sent the form and then they sent no information. Now, being somebody who anybody who's been in the hospital or been treated for many things, you are constantly bombarded with paperwork about every single medication, every IV, everything that you take. And I received nothing. So I had this little sneaking suspicion. And then it was at that time that I heard Dr. Stella and the late Dr. Zelenko about their alternative protocols. Well, how coincidental that many of the drugs that I'm on besides my GBHD medication happen to be an antiviral, vitamin D3, vitamin B12, vitamin C, and the list went on. Um, and a blood thinner for the previous clot. So I said, I refused. And I have not had so much as a sneeze. I've traveled between two states, every possible mode of transportation. I've lived, you know, apartment, hotel, um, two different apartments, the hospital itself. And I had no so much as a sneeze. So when it came time, for, um, I, I received a couple of, um, calls from cancer centers that were doing research on COVID. And when I said, Oh, I would love to participate. Um, and they said, well, when did you get your vaccination? I said, well, I didn't get vaccinated. I, uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. You, you don't qualify. And I said, why wouldn't you want to have at least, um, some patients that weren't that weren't vaccinated to see how they were able to, um, how they were able to get through. Because I said, because I've been fine. That was one. Second, I happened to have gone to a school where, uh, six or eight months later, I received an email from the alumni talking about how our medical school had a doctor who was researching all the antivirals to find out which ones might be helpful for COVID. They wouldn't listen to me as the patient, but now suddenly it was being, it it was being handled through the school, but as if nobody ever brought it up before. And lastly, um, when I came home, I'm here in Florida and I did my due diligence in researching more school. I wanted to get in, uh, into a grad program. I got accepted to, uh, an online, that's very important, an online asynchronous graduate certificate for what was called narrative medicine from Columbia. And after I gave them my deposit, three days later, I was informed that all students needed to be vaccinated. It didn't matter if you were online. It didn't matter that I was 1,600 miles away. It was mandatory. Online students had to be vaccinated? Absolutely. Well, that and that was only after I had given them my deposit. Well, how much, how much was the class? How much was the class? Well, 
no, the, the program is like 10 grand, but I had to put my deposit down to hold my space. And that was, that was like, uh, that was, um, you know, nominal. It was just, it was just a few hundred dollars. However, the fact. Yeah. 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 We gave, we actually gave discounts to people that weren't vaccinated. Oh, and, and no. And I got penalized for that. I got penalized and I was refused an opportunity to, um, as a cancer survivor to go and work with cancer patients and be a uh, navigator and a, um, advocate for them. That was refused to me. Yeah, yeah. And you know why? And this is, this was the last of what I have to say. I'm, and thank you for the time, but it was because 100%. every doctor I had who had known me for the last four years and saw how I got through all my treatments. I did well. I'm doing great. I'm a hundred percent. Not one of them would write me a medical exemption because, and they didn't say this, because again, the robust research would say that they couldn't in good conscience write me a re, uh, an exemption. What I know to be a fact is that government put the fear of God in every single doctor that they were going to be axed and they would be canceled and they would no longer have a license. And when you start threatening doctors, they all think they're going to have wow. a target. So I... Wow. So I have been refused so many great opportunities because not one of my doctors and they wouldn't take, you know, I couldn't say this doctor give me an exemption. Wow. I had to have a history with that doc with those doctors. Anyway, that's, cr- that's crazy. Well, that's crazy. I want to say thank you because yeah. I think it's a, un- <laughs> I think it's a, un- I think it's a unique story and perspective. And to this day, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm doing my meds. I'm, Fine, and I do have all of those—the zinc, the vitamin C, the B, and the D, and and sunshine. 100%. I got sunshine. So thank you so much for letting me share. I appreciate it. Now you got some GC. Now you got some GC. So one, man, you got to stay on those meds, man. Very important. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Joanne. Let, let's go. Let's go to uh, let's go to Doctor Mike. Doctor Mike, let's talk about. It. By the way, if you, if you, want if you guys in the audience. Request. Yes, if you guys in the audience you want to get on stage, please hit the request button so we can go ahead and um rotate. There are a lot of speakers on stage that aren't speaking. Okay, so hit the re- request button and we'll bring you up. Dr. Molly, how are you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. You guys know I've been in this space a lot and I don't really promote my clinic at all, but I did post something in the nest and I wanted to point that out and ask people to follow. Um, so that is a gentleman named Gary. Gary's in the audience right now, I believe. Um, his story came across my feed and caught my interest. And I found out that he was local to me and I reviewed the symptoms that he's having from vaccine injury. Um, so what I did last weekend, I think it was, is we did a one-to-one give, send, go match. So all the funds that we raised for him, my clinic matched one-to-one and he was able to come into my clinic last week. And if you follow him, you can follow his story. So, um, I'm pretty pleased with how he's doing, and I just wanted to point that out. Now, definitely appreciate you, Dr. Molly. Let's go to Vin. Vin, what you got for us today, man? Let's go. So, Grant, you mentioned Bobby Kennedy, and everyone, please take a look at what he's doing. The Children's Defense Fund is one of the most important things being done today to save our children who are the innocents. They are the innocent ones in all of this and deserve none of this tyranny. He told everyone on stage publicly 
that since the mandatory vaccination panel for children to go to school, the six and one and this and that was implemented, I think it was 91, if I'm not mistaken, the percentage, the number of metabolic and systemic disease throughout the population has increased over 10,000%. Please take a hard look and see and support him and what he is doing. And that's exactly why they're suppressing when you didn't, when you searched him, Grant, and you didn't find anything except for negative information because of the corporateocracy that's going on here. Uh, to the woman who uh, mentioned taxes, unfortunately, um, our tax dollars only go to paying down the debt. It's the dollar inflation and the printing press that the government uses and the bonds and all this other Wall Street stuff to get that money, actually, which actually pays for all of those things that you're talking about. As they keep increasing the debt, we've got issues, and that's really where tax, all of the tax money really goes towards international debt. Now you see Japan is the number one holder. People think it's China. It's not. They've been selling our corporate debt. And that's why you're seeing this whole petrodollar um, thing happen. And they're changing the way that they're doing oil transactions. But yeah. Japan is the number one holder. And you're also going to see that their their military is the greatest that they've ever been in, in uh, Japan. And then the third thing I was just going to say was, um, what happened to the to the ODs? Does anyone know, like my primary doctor is an OD and a, 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 a osteopath? What did does anyone know any ODs that have suffered throughout this time? Because those are more natural medicine doctors. And I'm just wondering if anyone has, because I think just, there's just, a greatest. Just a clarification, what's an OD? An osteopath. It's like uh, a osteopath. more of a nat, okay. more of a natural doctor compared to like a medicine, like a pharmaceutical like doctor. Like they still pres- can prescribe medicine, but they go about treatment in a different way they actually go you know more towards trying to treat the underlining you know fundamental reason of why you're sick right, not right. just putting a band-aid on so i was just wondering oh, if it. anyone knew right. anybody or have any stories about any osteopaths that have been suppressed during this time i am all right let's do that dr molly i am i'm a do oh it's a d-o-o-d what is it d-o it's a d-o it's a doctor of osteopathic medicine yeah an o-d yeah, you is can an look op- optometrist <laughs> i'm sorry i got i, I got backwards yeah you, you shit wrong man god damn okay <laughs> dr motley do you want to speak on it you want to speak on his question yeah so sherry tenpenny comes to mind um as somebody and that caught my attention because after testifying and i believe it's the ohio legislature actually the aoa the american osteopathic association came out against her um so i would say that the do profession as a whole has been a sellout just like the the md allopathic counterparts so i think there's good and bad of everything and our our little part of the world we're about 10 percent of doctors is no different you know, Doctor Mike, let me ask you a question, right? Now, within you know, within other physicians, right? I guess the board of physicians or whatever you want to call it. What what would you say is the ratio between those that believe in vaccinations, you know, specifically the COVID vaccine, and those that don't? What is that ratio as of today? I think that's really hard and probably a moving number because you know, again, going to that, we were just we were taught that this is what it is. And we were never, it was never even a question, right? It's just, here's the childhood vaccine schedule. And as it changed, it just changed. There was no discussion pro con or anything. And I think a lot of people like me who just did what we do to get through 
now we're stopping and looking at the data and maybe evolving our, our opinions of that a little bit. So, but I do want to mention something crazy. And I think I brought this up before. Um, it's actually a Medicare mandate in the ICU uh, or a JCO quality measure that once a patient's admitted to the ICU, they get a pneumococcal vaccine and a flu vaccine. And that never made any sense to me because when you're critically ill and we're trying to figure out, we're treating and trying to diagnose at the same time and figure out what's going on. And then we're going to add another variable into the mix that could cause a fever, inflammatory response, and add tens of thousands of dollars to the workup. So that's really my only experience where I had an opinion is like, get those out of my ICU, wait till the patient is better and comes back. And then if you want to do something, do it at that point in time. Wow, that, that that's very interesting. Who would like to speak on that on the stage? I have a question just, about that, Doctor Molly. Is that cons- do they consent to that vaccine, or is it just administered? You know, one thing I'll say to that, uh, or expand upon it a little bit, and, and I'm curious, Doctor, your thoughts on this. I had um, four friends that were intubated with COVID. One survived, and three died. I, uh, and of course, I understand why people thought through intubation. Obviously, uh, ox levels are, are critical for health, but for anything else. And, 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 you know, respiratory disease, really bad problem. I get that. So, but um, it seems to me that there were a lot of things in ICU that went way, way too far after a certain amount of time. And I, and I got to the point when the last two people, the the last two of my friends that were intubated and, and, you know, they went, they put them under and intubated them. Um, the, the one they said had a 10% chance of living and he's fine now. He's like totally back to normal. The other guy died. Um, I, I didn't think either of them needed to be intubated. I, I got COVID in January of 2021 and uh, at the same time, my other friend got it, and he died, but he had had a lot of complications. I did not go into the hospital, but there were a few nights where I was waking up feeling like I was drowning. Um, but I didn't go in, and I'm glad I didn't, because I, in hindsight, wonder if it had taken me out. But I know that my ox levels were way low. I wasn't taking them at the time, but I know they were way low. Is there any sense here? that there was there came a point where we were just overdoing everything, even putting people in ICUs. Um, and by the way, I was popping vitamin D and uh, zinc, like, you know, regularly uh, leading up to and during mine. But anyway, do, is any sense of that in your mind that we went way overboard in a lot of these uh, in hospitals? How about the incubators, about Jim? A few months? Yeah. How about the incubators? No, it, because those were no, ridiculous. No, no, no. Those were un- completely yeah, wrong. That's what I'm saying. Vent- ventilators. The ventilators. Oh, well, the intubation is, they were inc- is on the a incubation. Ventilator. I'm sorry, that's the ventilators. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah this that, is my specialty, yeah. so I can. That's for ventilation. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I am an ICU doctor, so this was my. This is my. This is my shtick. Um, let me answer the first question, which is: Do people consent to getting the shots when they get in the ICU? And the answer is no. They just get them. It's part of a hospital protocol. It's an automated order set that just appears. And so when I could, I would tell the nurses to hold that injection, the, the vaccines. Um, so that's just that component. 
Um, as for the, the ventilators, this is a complicated question. And I would have to say that throughout the pandemic, things evolved, right? So I worked in like 10 to 12 different ICUs, three health, health systems because of my unique job. Um, I never saw anyone intubated inappropriately. Okay. So when somebody's breathing 50 and 60 times a minute in front of you, they're going to stop breathing. They're going to wear out and fall off a cliff. Um, you have to remember when you put someone on 100% oxygen and you check the level of oxygen dissolved in their bloodstream, the number is like 500. These people were coming in and their oxygen, the, that number instead of being 500 was like 50. So if you're below 200, the mortality of that is 40%. That is considered ARDS. So the people that were making it to the ICU were way beyond ARDS. So once they arrived there, there were no other options than to do what was done. But I would say as the pandemic evolved and we learned about early treatment, if they would have done early treatment, those people wouldn't have ended up there. But once they're there, right, once you've missed that window, you have to deal with the patient in front of you. So I don't think things were done incorrectly. And I've defended that pretty consistently since the beginning. So so let me throw this at you because uh, I, I agree with that, all that and even not as a doctor. I get that. I mean, you get to a certain levels. You, you have to you have to take uh, action. But I, I, it seemed to me that a lot of people were going in long before they got to that place in their respiratory behavior and then suddenly went down but they weren't getting any treatment that was helpful now listen in 2020 i get that like like totally agree with you but but 2021 you're still doing this in doing intubation and and it's like well wait a minute here you know let's and and i'll say this so one the one friend of mine who died uh of of the last two his wife who they barely let into the hospital, which is another issue you could get into. But his wife was begging to let him get onto ivermectin, like early on going into the hospital, and they absolutely refused. And and you know we can argue about all that, but the, no, nobody was doing anything but intubation, as best I could tell. Like you didn't have any kind of treatment regimen going on in the hospital that seemed substantive, except to monitor them and see if they have to be innovated. Am I missing that? Jim, could I, could I speak don't, even, I'm not a doctor, about, but don't, let's, don't forget about remdesivir too. Let, that was another yeah. Thing. There were monoclonal antibodies for a while, although now apparently they are not, um, well, they took them away in Florida. Like they, 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 they are not, to give them to Florida, yeah, but what I'm so. saying is right now they are not apparently effective against the most recent variants. That's what the science seems to say. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go there. I do think, look, my son-in-law is an emergency room doctor, and we spoke obviously all the time. And I will say, and thank you, Dr. Molly, for what you did. Um, I, I will say that I, I think emergency room doctors have been real heroes in this, and I don't think they're not getting a lot of extra money out of this. It has, I mean, when my son-in-law basically tells me how many people were intubated, how many people died, it's it's not, he's not sitting there going, oh, wow, you know, it, it's just was horrible. Um, we learned a lot, as you mentioned, during the start of the pandemic, people were, I think, put on ventilators probably too quickly because apparently with COVID, you can have a slightly lower level of oxygen and still survive. But we learned. We learned about that. But when I used to talk to him about, I, I didn't I didn't get sick during this time, but when I would talk to him about it, what he basically said, and when, when my children also got COVID, he said, do not come in 
you know, do not come in unless, you know, check your blood oxygen, but don't come in unless X. And even if it gets low, chances are they're just going to give you oxygen. In other words, people were not, I don't think at a certain point doctors were telling people to go into the hospital. Do you know what I mean? I really, truly don't. I think they understood that once you're in the hospital, there are few things to do. And you, if it goes too bad, you're just, it's bad, right? I do think we did have some things, you know, like monoclonals that apparently worked for a while. I had a friend who had cancer who was given Evashield, I guess, which apparently now is no longer once again effective, but it was sort of something like a prophylactic of some kind. But I, I think it's been hard. And I do, I, I really do want to say about emergency room doctors that honestly, I, I really, I just don't like the bashing of doctors because I think most doctors are really just trying to save people. Thank you. Well, to be very clear, I'm not bashing doctors. So, one. Two, the monoclonal antibodies, even in 2020 when they were coming about, and by the way, Donald Trump was um, had monoclonal antibodies as well, reportedly, but they were not widely made available. I do recognize that some manufacture of that would have been challenging but you were having such high rates of infection around the country and so many people willing to do things. The emergency orders were never pushed hard. And and, and that's because they wanted to get the emergency orders. So what I understand now is that they had to kill the alternatives to get the emergency orders passed. That is not true, Grant. The the EUAs were for vaccines. You could have a vaccine and a treatment. They are two different things. One is supposed to be prophylactic. The other is supposed to be treatment. The, the law, the law, the no. vaccine law was read tonight. No, no, he room. read it. He read it and he didn't understand it. It does not say you oh, can't do it. You're the only it. one that understood it. You mean Did I didn't he... understand it when he read it either. That's correct. You're the only one in the room that understood. You it. did not understand it. It does. We have Paxlovid. How do you know under, I didn't understand it? Because you know I, I because of what you just said, we have Paxlovid you know now under an EUA. How do you know I'm just not lying? Well, maybe you're I just did. making. Look, maybe you didn't you understand know. it. You don't know, Grant. What you've said, what you just said, was we can't have both. That's not true. Right now, we have Paxlovid under an EUA for treatment, but we also have certain vaccines that are still under EUAs. You can have both because they are different. They are doing different things. Does that make sense? Does it strike anybody it that the monoclonal? It makes sense to you because you you have a bias that you're trying to. You, you, this is not a bias. I'm just telling you that what I, he I read. How did... do you know it's not a bias? <sighs> Because you can have both, okay? There's no, there's nothing in what he read that said you can't do both. One is a treatment. One is supposedly a vaccine, which is a prophylactic. They are different things. Thank you. Does it strike anybody as odd that the monoclonal? I'm sorry. (laughs) Tara, Tara, Tara. Grant, Grant. Oh God. (laughs) But, but can you have, but can you have an EUA if there's an effective treatment? No, no, you, cannot. you can't. You cannot. Yeah, so that's that's what we're that's what we're saying. That's and what everybody else here understood that you didn't understand. I you do don't not want think, to understand. Can you? Can you, you say show that, that other to people me? don't understand it? Can you is, is show that to me? Bullshit. You're the no, can you show that to me? I'm not the smartest person. We in the read room. it You're to my... you tonight. You were no, here when it was. He put it in the nest too, G. Right, but it didn't say anything about whether you can have whether what treatment is the same as prophylactic. And I'm really asking: Does anybody really know the answer to this, or you're just saying it? Because as a lawyer, I listened to that and I said, 
I don't see any reason oh, why the yeah. two of these as can't a lawyer, exist. As a doctor, no, as a biologist, it did not as a, say as a, as a as a pretend to be doctor that works for the government. Am, I've heard all these lines over and I'm over. I'm not a doctor. I don't work for the government, and I'm not a pretend no, lawyer. No, there's similar reti- lines. There's similar lines. As you're a, doctor, a retired as a lawyer, Kira. As the that's as, correct, as Kevin. The uh, professional in the room. Can I professional legalese, legalese, very legalese. tired by the way, very can tired, I, not retired, but very tired. Can I can I talk about um, and the, that is uh, an attack on lawyers, by the way. We're not attacking doctors here, but I do welcome the room attacking the lawyers, except for Kevin. Hello. No, you can no, please attack Kevin if you're going to attack lawyers. <laughs> I'm one of the good ones. I got. I own twelve thousand apartments. If I never rent an apartment to a lawyer, I, I would be completely happy about it. Except I for Kevin, I say I can't say that I discriminate against lawyers, but I will do everything I can to make sure that we don't approve a lease for a lawyer. You guys can clip that. Yeah, that I've does heard not it. Follow the equal housing standards. I've heard it said too many times that you got no EUA if there's an okay. effective treatment, and that was and that was why these treatments were were suppressed. Doc, I wanted to, to shout out to Dr. Zev Zelenko, who started the, Zel, the Zelenko protocol of uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Very early on, um, this was like April of 2020, and um, he he equated himself with, an, with a soldier in the trenches that, that found a secret weapon against the, the cause of the war. And, uh, you know, when he ran the ran the 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 information he had up the flagpole, it got suppressed. But he kept on anyway. And um, thank goodness that there was that like Rand Paul uh, instituted a thing where you could uh, order drugs, get drug prescriptions across state lines, because I lived in Nevada. And when I got covid. Um, my doctor was a DO and he researched Dr. Zelenko's and he actually wrote a paper on hydroxychloroquine and the AMA or whatever organization he was made him take it down. Um, and, um, you know, the, the whole early treatment thing, it, it was absurd. When, when I got COVID, I got, I, the, I had the, the health department call me and say, they wanted to make sure I didn't uh, like go around and, and, uh, spread it anywhere to make sure I wanted, I was staying at home. And I said, well, what about hydroxychloroquine? And he goes, well, we're not really sure that works. And I go, well, if my ob- my options are waiting till I turn blue and go to the hospital and get, you know, killed by them, why can't I try it? And, you know, they had no answer for this. And, and you know, so I, I researched with Dr. Zelenko about uh, hydroxychloroquine. It's like, okay, zinc, inhibits viral replication hydroxychloroquine is an ionophore that puts zincs into the cells explain to me doctors how that couldn't work why why it wouldn't work and dr zelenko explained the early treatment he says look hydroxychloroquine is like a, a wet rag on a kitchen fire when the pan first start on fire you throw the wet rag on it and you can put out the fire if you wait until the kitchen is fully engulfed the wet rag isn't going to do you much good. So it was important to get hydroxychloroquine and zinc and get on the protocol within four days of symptoms occurring. And all the tests were done uh, inpatient where the the fire was already raging. 
So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out Dr. Zev Zelenko, who passed away, unfortunately, but his his brother's still alive, and I invited him to this. May he rest uh, in peace. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for the time. So to his point, we did use hydroxychloroquine in the ICU early on, right, in March and April 2020. We were using hydroxychloroquine, zinc, all the vitamins. Um, There was one consensus that said don't use steroids. All of the professional organizations said that. And then toward the end of summer, we found out that it was an inflammatory condition in the lungs, not an active viral infection, and we found out people were clotting. So we added steroids and we added blood thinners to that. Now, the... To Jim's point, the blood or the steroid dose that we added is modest at best. So once the patients got into the hospital with cytokine storm, they were completely undertreated. Um, and in early 2021, I started using ivermectin, but the doses at that time were low. And the reason that the doses escalated is people in Africa were overdosing on ivermectin. And what happened is they got better faster. So that's how we got to these accelerated doses. That's the work of Jackie Stone. Yeah, in my mind, uh, in, 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 in anything in excess can be a problem. But um, when it came to, it, it is amazing that we went through this with the hatred of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which, by the way, I, I just want to make clear. I mean, I think should never have been rejected, but guidelines should have been put together from experience. Um, it's not, Those were not a panacea by any stretch of the imagination. And then... Things like vitamin D and zinc, which, by the way, John Campbell's thing that he recently put out and he went through the science on vitamin D is incredibly impressive what uh, what it provided. And and I always take vitamin D anyway. Um, I sit inside a lot during the day. I'm not out in the sun as much, particularly in the wintertime. And so I take it. Um, It's really incredible, the positive science around vitamin D. We've been talking about it for three years now anyway. Same same with the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And it's like if you put those in appropriate doses, it doesn't harm people. Like naturally, like like even if they didn't need it, you could give it to them and it doesn't harm them at certain doses. And you certainly could have done a, the, the biggest trial of that ever, which I think we did in Africa where there, uh, uh, my, the numbers I've seen show that um, the, the the COVID numbers are fairly low in most parts of Africa because there is regular taking of hydroxychloroquine, and um, they take it for malaria. You know, the, the, these are things we should have done for a long time and looked at it, but no, we politicized it. Yeah, and to the early use of hydroxychloroquine, again, we were kind of in in the the ditches, right? We were in the heat of it, and the reports came out that people were having cardiac arrest from the hydroxychloroquine and our patients were having a cardiac arrest and it wasn't helping. So when you look at risk benefit and what you're going to use, there was a reason that we stopped using it in the ICU. And obviously now we have a lot more information and context to that, but just to put, wait, put Dr. Molly, were they, were well, they having, and, and, and for people that weren't in the hospital yet, doctors could have made the prescription early on because you're, you, you're probably have, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, but, that uh, heart reaction 
could be have a lot to do with exacerbating circumstances because of getting to the ICU. Leading up to that, I mean, what's what's the chance totally. that you would have that same problem? Totally, right? It was just the severity of illness also. But when you're seeing a drug that's not making a clinical benefit and potential harm, you, you nix it, you get rid of it. Yeah, I'm I curious. agree, but you don't <laughs> have the FDA say you can't use it. You, you no, lay that, out the guidelines. Yeah. Correct. That was totally out of line. In Nevada, they actually, the governor actually banned hydroxychloroquine for outpatient use. So it was only allowed to be used in the hospital after it was already too late, after people are already suffering from the cytokine storm. So it was already too late for early intervention treatment. And uh, it was illegal, so pharmacists couldn't, wouldn't fill prescriptions. And this is the basic problem. So what we should have learned, and I'm hopeful we ultimately will learn, but I don't think we've gotten there yet, is that when you're going through something like this, you are in a large science project that, that was forced upon you. Like it's not a, it's not, I mean, who knows, maybe China wanted to create it, but that we don't have to get into that issue right here. But, but beyond, you know, what might've happened with Wuhan, um, once it's happened, it's a large science project that you didn't plan, you did not want to go through, but now you just got to science the heck out of it. And uh, we didn't do that. We said, and, and, and what makes this worse in my mind is that every action that was taken at the federal level and with many governors in the states, but mostly at the federal level, was for the benefit of a pharmaceutical company. The, the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and then the 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 even if you had prescribed it, obviously over the counter or recommended it as a doctor, zinc and vitamin D in whatever uh, appropriate way that a doctor would have recommended it, all of that, had we done that, would have taken care of a large part of this problem. We know that now by the science. We know it for a fact. Um. And it would have taken care of a large part of the problem and pharmaceutical companies would not have made much money. And and that's a real problem, Pfizer in particular. Like these guys have brought in tens of billions of dollars just on this alone and uh, on, on, on their prophylaxis and on their uh, viral treatment. And this is something... That and, and I would have been fine for them to do things like I'm not against Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson Johnson doing all their research and trying to come up with uh, vaccines. Vaccines are, are, are I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm, I'm not real. I, I'm not keen on taking vaccination vaccinations. I am now, life, but I'm not against it. <laughs> well, I don't think there's any reason to be anti-vax. I think there's a reason to be against vaccinations that go through this process as we see it. See, this is one of the lessons that we've learned. We need to recognize that that is a problem. Then that should, we should never do that again, and we should do more rigorous work. See, doctors everywhere are scientists. This would have been a great opportunity to restore the medical profession to rigorous science. Now, every doctor is a scientist. They're trained to be a scientist. They're trained to observe. They're doing the basic work of science, which is classification. That is the job of a doctor, is classification in the Aristotelian method. And now, had the, every doctor been given the encouragement to say, okay, tell us what you're finding out, report back, let's figure it out, and do it in mass, 
maybe with VAERS or whatever system we might have created or just word of mouth and discussion, you know, written down somewhere. Just think of what that would have done to restore the academic nature of the scientific profession, which I think would have been a benefit. As it was, we, it was dictated. Doctors were told what they were to think. They were told to shut up if they disagreed. And, and I think we've set back the scientific nature of the doctor profession many years by doing that because now we have a lot of doctors out there, mostly out of fear, who are afraid to question. And that's a real problem. But, we Jim, doesn't – We sent doesn't the, Jim, doesn't the, the – the, I'm sorry. Doesn't the Bobby Kennedy statistics that he states when the, when the, when the VAX panel requirement for children was implemented in, in 91 and the absolute – De- like devastatingly increase in disease doesn't that how can that not lean you towards being against vaccinations and on on that level or or, or does it and i just mis- misunderstood what you just said it does not i mean i'm going to tell you why I, and i have a listen i have respect for bobby kennedy he's not perfect but he has done tremendous work for decades and he is he's a lawyer applauded for what he's, he's done but let me say just this enough. i'm answering your question let me answer your question but I will say this, vaccines, the whole science of vaccines um, that we owe to the efforts that went into the polio vaccine, primarily there were other research things going on, but that was the big one, has been one of the greatest benefits to human society. Now, if we can pull out certain vaccines to show where the same process... Well, Jim, Jim, Jim why have they been such a benefit to human society? Yeah, what have they done for us lately? There's a difference between the polio vaccine and the six-in-one vax that is given to a a one-and-a-half-year-old child that bombards it it with chemicals. Listen, 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 I don't know, Jim. I get it. I'm in agreement with you. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I know, but Jim, there's no, like, you just said that they've, something about they've been a great, like a miracle. And you use they the have. polio yeah. as the example as, as to kind of why you're not anti, like against. The well, major can I just jump in? Let me just vaccines. jump in on this. Wait, wait, I want to hear your response. Hear question. Yeah, I, I, got, hear... I got a response for you. Let me, let me answer it. So, um, polio and smallpox are fantastic representations of the advancements of vaccine research and implementation that we should applaud. It is a scientific breakthrough. Very positive. Here's what the problem is in recent years, because I agree with all of you that, that the six and one is like absurd. Okay. And it, so, so I get that. Um, individual instances of the implementation of vaccines be, have become more and more problematic, in my opinion, because of the FDA. By the way, I would get rid of the FDA. I would have F, the FDA stop being a government organization and have it be something like underwriters' laboratories, and it would take it's it's it would be a little more fine-tuned scientific process than underwriters' laboratories are because it would go beyond testing. There there have to be rigorous scientific research, but get it out of the government because right now the FDA benefits pharmaceutical certain pharmaceutical companies under certain circumstances, and small guys, particularly people that do nutraceuticals, where we need more research, by the way, and so we can learn more about 
the, um, the, the manufacturing process and the true efficacy of things that go on the market because there's a lot of crap there too. There really is, although I'm all for that industry. Yeah, yeah but, but, um, but Jim, back to, back to the vaccines being a, a, yeah. the greatest thing that mankind's ever had. I mean, we got allergies yeah. at all-time high rates. We got yeah. ADD, ADHD. We got dementia. Yes. We got autism. Like, well, that, that doesn't really autism. go into the va- vaccine thing. Well, sure ADHD. it does. Sure it does, Jim. Just because when I Google it, I can't see any any attachment to the vaccine. Just because I see yeah. everything cleaned up. No, there is no proof. That kind of energy, there's no proof that there's ever been any uh, uh, complications with autism or dementia because of the vaccine. I can't trust Listen, that. Listen, I'm on the side of thinking there is problems with autism when it comes to vaccines. I, I seriously believe yeah, that. Yeah. That's one of the areas that, that actually has been shut down in recent years. But why has it been shut down? And this is where I get to the point where I think we agree more than you think. Because it's true. true. Which is, which, okay. <laughs> but I, I can't, I'm not, I can't argue the autism thing. I'm just telling you, I'm asserting to you that I agree. I think it's related to vaccines in some way. So, so you're, not walking, entirely, but you're walking that there. thing back, you're walking it back about the vaccine being this great thing. No, 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 no. Vaccines are still one of the greatest things that we ever did in the medical and scientific profession. The problem right now is that, first of all, we take, we've taken uh, liability away from vaccine manufacturers. That should never have happened. There's no circumstance under which that should happen. Ever, 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 ever. But that's a government problem. We also, exploding onto the scene with what just happened here, we also are giving special benefits to certain companies under certain circumstances for their drug to go through at the expense of others. That is a, that is a government problem. That's why I would take the FDA out of government control and, and make these companies submit in, the, in a similar fashion to what companies do with underwriters' laboratories into testing. I think that we got to take that out of the government control. There's no use so Jim, for that in government. Jim, can I ask up. you, and you said thirdly, it was a government let me problem. Finish up. Let me finish up. Uh, yes, you can ask me a question. And then thirdly, we have created laws, not just when it comes to immunity of, for liability, again, which should go away, um, we, we create these laws to, uh, that, that give benefits to large companies in this process and do nothing to help smaller companies that are being innovative to do in, anything. The result of all that I just described is that vaccine research now is worse than it's ever been. And we've got major problems in the areas of vaccines because we approve these things for the benefit of large companies, and then we don't hold them liable, these companies liable, if they do wrong. And that is why, in recent years, what Bobby Kennedy's talking about that I fully agree with, I have for decades agreed with everything, almost everything that he has said, and, and this is a real problem. That's the state of vaccine research right now. But that's, that's throughout the medical profession. We've got a whole bunch of things happening in the medical community. The FDA screws up because they give special benefits to certain companies under certain circumstances. And it's got to stop. So go yeah, ahead. You recommend it. And I agree with you, Jim. Uh, but there's something that you said that I want to clarify. You said the, the liability, and, and we don't have liability for big pharma, and that's a government problem. Right. Don't you think that's a victim problem? Because you know what? The government sets the policy, and they don't get held accountable it's the ones that get hurt, injured, and dead. It's a victim problem. It's an American citizen and, and, problem. So how do we circumvent that to actually be able to have liability, be able to get compensation, to be able to we, get the we retaliation get, we change that the we laws. deserve if they knowingly we do that? We change the laws and we take the power out of bureaucrats. 
to provide for such things. Now, that is a problem of Congress ultimately, although there's, it's a little bit more complicated than just that. Every bit of liability should be taken away from any medical procedure of any sort, whether it's an administered drug or a, a physical procedure uh, that's approved in any way when it comes to the operation or, you know, and, and, and uh, DME companies and, and the, the equipment that they provide. Every bit of liability protection that is granted by the federal government, at least, should be entirely taken away. States can deal with things the way they want to deal with them. And that's what, so, what our Constitution provides. Because if well, you, you do know, that, then you got to be good about it. Yes. So you know that this is not a COVID vaccine issue necessarily. You do know that vaccine manufacturers have had liability, have had yes, liability protection yes. since 1986. And the reason they yes. did that, Jim, to go to your point, was because people were not making vaccines. And smaller companies do have that Correct. protection as well if they wanted to make vaccines, but apparently they do not find it um, they there maybe it's just too much money for them to spend on the research and development etc so this has not this is people think this is a covid no. liability issue it is not it relates no, to no, national no. Yeah, vaccine right, yeah. right. I, also, Tara, I want to ask you a quick question jim law. if you don't mind i want to ask Tara a question on that because i think this is really important if let's just say we were able to hold these pharmaceutical companies liable and let's say the government did not give them immunity and i'm talking about specifically covid do you think covid would have been unrolled differently and do you think there would have been operation warp speed if we knew that if there was vaccine injuries the american public can go after and actually sue moderna pfizer do you think that would have changed the rollout absolutely no okay so let me no i do i I absolutely do i think that they would would not. not have don't really? We, you think they would have gone forward? It would have been much longer, yes. Yeah, it would have been longer. It would have gone forward, but here's the thing. See, the problem with the with this, like, well, let, I'm going to answer in two parts. Storm, I'm going to answer your question here in just a minute, but let me go back to what Tira was saying. And by the way, for those on the panel, even though I disagree with Tira on a lot of things, I really like Tira. Okay, I'm just. Telling I really, we, I like Jim. Too. She knows. I like too. Tira too. Oh, we just oh, oh this is such a love fest. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but but we'll, but we argue, and we're going to argue about things that we disagree on. But anyway, so but back to what Tira said. So here's the problem with the 86 law, and you set it up perfectly, Tira, in what you said. See, here's the problem, and you mentioned, and also small companies could do it too. Well, the thing is, the liability is for large companies, in effect. Because by virtue of being small, you don't get the broad distribution. The, the logic behind the 86 law is flawed because what the, the law was passed because manufacture of, of these vaccines was on the decline. It wasn't eliminated, but it was on the decline. And there was a concern that would go away. But the logical flaw was, and therefore, we've got to have vaccine manufacturers. Well, I disagree with that. Because if a vaccine works and it's doing good, then it will get produced and and companies can and it happens all the time because there's lie most companies, most major companies, any company has liability and they they have to actuarially in whatever fashion, whether that's by buying an insurance product or keeping some money on the side in the, their books every month or however they do it. And a whole range of things between that, that you can actuarially account for your liabilities. That happens. 
every major corporation has a legal department and 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 they do have insurance of some sort depending on the type of business they are that would continue and then all of a sudden if liability were were there in some uh, significant form then then you're only going to have the best vaccines out there as it is it's like a welfare program it became like a welfare program just make any freaking vaccine you want now to the second part of what you were talking about storm um you the, there we would have moved forward like there would have been a, actually a more realistic and altruistic movement to get a vaccine out there but what happened with this vaccine particularly with Pfizer um is that and and to a certain degree with with Moderna as well the other mRNA vaccine is that there was not enough research like mRNA technology is still in a relative development stage it's fairly mature by the time they started to do this manufacturing. But it still is in a relatively new phase. So they should have done, they, their studies were absolutely useless. They came out of the gate and said it was 90% effective. And now we know that was a freaking lie. Yeah. So Jim, if your liability yeah, is there, then you yeah, don't Jim. lie as much. Jim, Jim, if they'd have taken another two years or five, do you think... Hey, by the way... The, and not that any of us know, do you think if they'd have taken another 24 months, two questions, do you think it would have been approved based on the things we're seeing now? Mm-hmm. And number two, do you think COVID would have just handled itself and we would have had herd immunity and it would have gone away? Yeah, we wouldn't and, even know. I'm, I'm, do- I'm not a doctor. Of course, and, and everybody so knows you're not a doctor. But I look, at this, I look at this information really closely and have for these last three years. So to answer... Your first question, yes, it would have been approved after over 24 months, and it would have done. they would have done so still. It would have still been approved as it is right now, as it is. With well, the 6% mortality is, rate and myocarditis known? But, 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 no, no, no. Listen, we might not have known. Listen, there are risks, okay? But anyway, let, so let me answer the question before anyone interrupts. I want to answer both questions and then bug me. First, the answer to the first question, it would have been approved after 24 months with an emergency use authorization. And if they had known that they had liability, then the companies would have said, well, we're not ready to do it yet. Let's take a couple. Let's take a look at a few more things. We're going to do a couple more trials before we're ready. So it wouldn't have been approved. Then it wouldn't have been approved, Jim. Jim, then it wouldn't have been approved. No, absolutely. Okay, right. but they, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't have rolled it too. out. They wouldn't have rolled it the out. Only, the only reason but, but Jim, Jim, that okay, they so would not have rolled it out. Wouldn't it have been rolled out then, not. Jim? Okay, but let me get to the second grant. Let me answer the second question because it, you'll, you'll get where I'm coming from here. Anyway, no. If, it, if, it, if the companies had felt it was workable, they would have done two things. They would have taken an approval under an emergency use authorization, and they would have said very clearly, but you got to understand we're in emergency here, but th- this this could be a little risky. And then they'd have been more clear in their disclosures. The second thing, and, and, and then, and then they wouldn't have gotten they wouldn't have got seventy percent of the population to take it if if they'd have presented that. We'd probably be at forty or fifty percent of the population. We don't know that because this. Well, sure, thing, you're, sure, you could see you could see when they pressed. You could see when they pressed when they started pressing the business owners. You know, to say, hey, it's going to be a fourteen thousand dollar fine. People would have done it voluntarily yep. by that time. No, 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 yeah, but when well, listen, to get from you to get from forty five percent, Jim. Hang on a second. No, at, hang on to get to get from forty five percent, which is where they were. That's when they started pressing somewhere around the fifty percent mark. They started pressing business owners with the OSHA bullshit. This is that, when listen, I started getting did, noticed. Okay. Oh, 
Grant. They did that not because of numbers. They did it because of the financial commitments they made to the pharmaceutical companies. That's why those were coming in there. And I guarantee you, listen, there would have been some politicians who, who and or businesses who did that who wouldn't have thought like this. But major corporations, major politicians put in those requirements because they, I'm telling you precisely, I've seen it in Washington, D.C. and other areas. They did it because of the financial commitments they made to Pfizer. They didn't do it because of the numbers. But the second thing is this, after 24 months, and this goes back, to uh, the whole herd immunity issue. You don't need a vaccine for herd immunity. You, it's helpful and it, and it can bring about some aspects of it that would be useful to get to herd immunity. Herd immunity comes through natural infection primarily. That's vaccine, vaccine science forever. It's not getting everyone vaccinated. When it came to polio or smallpox, you vaccinated some people while others were getting it, and then that vaccination started to build. Yeah, but Jim, a, Jim, a they're still pressing. Jim, Jim, they're still pressing. They're still pressing. They're still spending money on ads. They still want to get kids vaccinated. Like, yeah, all that's good what you're saying, but they're still pressing. They still want the rest of the world. But that's the because of, of the States government incentives and because of our ability to our willingness in our federal government to allow the federal government to dictate what people ought to think and do. And they have the power to do it because of where we stand. And, and which gets into a broader issue of what I say. If we went back to constitutional government in this country, we would have an economic explosion that could never be paralleled again in world history because the government holds things back. They give special benefits and, and, and measures to large corporations that are their patrons, and that brings a mix into the public debate and other things that is caustic to real science and reality. The only purpose of government is to make sure that when people are harmed, that they have a recourse under the law to deal with it. It's not the job of the government to make sure the culture or society does certain things. That's not government's role at all. Hey, Jim, very Jim can I, Grant, can I just say something? This is Mary. I, I just, the, the one question that nobody, I've never heard anybody ask is, you know, I just looked this up. Um, the MR, the MRNA, um, uh, technology was developed back in the seven. It was developed in the late sixties, but started to be used in the seventies. I have a whole bunch of questions around this. Number one, First of all, we have, the, we have this company that started in 2010 called Moderna that had never, ever, ever once come out with a single product. The the name of this whole room is, did the USA government conspire with pharma media and big tech? How could you not think that that was the case? So if you, why in the world, if you, if these guys were looking at this, this, this technology all the way from the 70s, and all of a sudden we've got 2020, how many years later, that nobody has tested it for a length of time. Nobody has tested. So it comes out nine months later. You can't, I'm sorry. It's insane to say that, oh my God, they just developed it. Isn't that amazing? How lucky are we? And oh my God, the media is all talking about it all at the same time. Isn't that amazing? And oh my God, now we're telling everybody they have to take it. Isn't that amazing? Like, come on, like you're naive if you, if anybody ever thinks that that didn't all happen as a very well orchestrated plan that rolled out completely in an organized fashion. Can I, can I say something? No, I'd like to, no, I would actually like to finish if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so my thought process. Damn. Okay. You know, Let's go, Mary. Like, 
I get tired of guys like just always cutting people off. So my big question around this is we did not study, you know, I remember talking to Dr. Catherine in our clubhouse room saying when she's like, it's perfectly healthy for, you know, for pregnant women. And I'm like, that is so inappropriate for you to say that Dr. Catherine, because what you should be saying is that there have been no studies on pregnant women. There have been no studies around this. You don't tell pregnant women that it's safe. It's safe as far as we know, because that is not conform. That is not, what is it? Informed Um, consent. Thank you. I know it was my, my vodka today. Informed consent. That's not, it's like you're, you're lying to people by not sharing. That is lying to them. If you don't share the truth, why did we not have any, why were all of these companies, Pfizer, Moderna, et cetera, how did we not have these studies in advance? How is it that they've been studying this, this, this technology for all of these years, 30 years? And we don't have anything that says how long it might last, whether there's any potential side effects, whether, there, whether the spike protein stays in our body longer, whether it's healthy for pregnant women, whether there is, you know, I don't know, a man having sex with his wife who is, he's vaccinated and she's not. And it shows up in the breast milk of, of, you know, for her baby that's now getting the spike protein. This is literally, I, I mean, I, again, you know, I heard it said, this is the worst thing Thank that you, has Mary. happened in humanity. Mary, how can I be no, studying? Exactly. Can I please finish? Sure. Can I please finish? Yeah, Tara, please stop. Can it. I please finish? This is so the rude, worst thing Tara. that has ever happened. And I truly believe that after listening to all the doctors and finally, again, thank God, thank God for Elon Musk. Thank God for all of these doctors that now have a voice on here because we've been talking about this for a long time. And I'm sorry, you guys have had this vaccination. They had this for a long time. And now all of a sudden, you know, um, oh, guess what? It only lasts for six months. Why do we know that? Because they only tested it for six months. Oh, it's it's perfectly safe. No, it's not. You know, like even the study that came out about pregnant women, I remember very specifically a year and a half ago talking about that, that they completely blew up the study. They manipulated the study. And one of the the key doctors that was in one of the rooms with Mario a couple nights ago specifically said that they used the wrong data. They used the data across the women that were in first trimester all the way to third trimester. They eliminated the first trimester data, which if you can run numbers, you can see that that's exactly what happened. It's what I talked about over a year ago when Dr. Catherine said it's perfectly healthy for pregnant women to take this. And it's like they literally 82% of those women that took it in the first trimester, they have miscarriages. So, and that comes from a doctor that is the foremost doctor as a OBGYN. And we have been lied to and the doctors have lied to us with their sweet voices and they're like, oh, it's all fine. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to have a sweet voice because I'm pissed. You know what? And how many people have our doctors that said it's perfectly healthy? Just keep taking it. How many people have you have have everybody killed? And Tara, I'm I'm going to say the same thing to you. It's inappropriate, maybe, for me to say this. You keep saying that it's safe and healthy. I I don't know how you live with yourself. I just don't because it's not, and we all know that. All the data is coming out, and you know the data is coming out. Like it just it doesn't take a lawyer to read the data, and it doesn't take a data scientist to read the data. It just takes a person to just take the time to stop reading the fucking headlines and read through it and actually go to the data. Like ninety six percent of doctors are vaccinated. No, they're not. That was the AMA came out and said that. Guess what? It was published everywhere. Three hundred and three doctors were in that survey. There's over what half a million doctors in the United States of America. Ninety six percent bullshit. You know what? They have been screwing with us from the very beginning, and a lot of people have died because of it. 
So could I could I respond since you spoke to me? Could I respond? Can I respond since Mary spoke? To let's me? go. Let's go. Okay. Okay. What she said what she Mary, was first what, what of all, she said was so good, Tara. That I yeah, I don't think so. First, no, I don't acknowledge it because I. First of all, I do not think the eighty-two percent figure is right, but I am. I, I, I think you're wrong about that, but I will put it that. Totally in the, is right. It's no, totally it's not right. Okay, number two. Well, number two. Wait, you're going to overtake Ma- a 42 year OBGYN. Okay, wait, but that's can, fine. Can you just let me speak? I thought you asked for you know, <laughs> Grace to speak, but now you don't. You're right. Let, okay. No, no you're you. sorry. I apologize. Okay, no problem. Okay. Secondly, one of the things you were saying is how could we not know these things? Well, that particular they were studying mRNA for different usage and cancer treatments, liver treatments, etc. They weren't studying this vaccine. So, of course, until this vaccine was uh, developed, they could not have known these things. So I think you're just conflating the time frame as if they were studying the the mRNA COVID vaccine. But of course, they weren't doing that until they started developing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And number three, I just want to say, I want to go back to one thing, because I actually went back and looked at this. Grant, remember, we had this discussion about whether People have been saying, oh, they had to, they, you know, they, the reason why they did this under EUA and they couldn't have a treatment was because you couldn't have the vaccine and the treatment. Do you know what the first EUAs were given for, for COVID? They were given for monoclonal antibodies before vaccines. So yes, they can have both. In fact, they have had both the entire time. The existence of a vaccine under an EUA does not mean you cannot have a treatment under an EUA. So all these people who are saying, oh, they did this because are making that up. Sorry. Thank you. I just want to respond to that. Tira, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were both entirely banned. We were told that by using it, it's like you're using a, a horse paste. It could kill you. It could harm you. The poison control centers are saying that they're off the charts of people being poisoned by ivermectin. So but that I'm not is speaking to false. that. No, I'm no, not what... speaking to that, Mary. I'm speaking to the fact that people said that basically the EUAs, ha- you could not give an EUA for a treatment because the vaccines took the place of the EUAs for treatment. No, that is not correct. Okay. I, under- first I EU- understand. No, you might, you might you know understand what I that, think? but Grant does You doesn't. know what I think, Nelson? Excuse me, Jerry. You know what I think, Nelson? We should take well, what's this you conversation think? to your room. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what I'm thinking myself. Room, you know, but before we so do that. Heated, man. Jim, Jim, this is what you started, okay? <laughs> this is what you started, Jim, with your bullshit, talking about the vaccine being a miracle saver. <laughs> <ball> kind of- <laughs> hey, hey, here's the deal. Your numbers are up, dude. Your numbers are up since I got in the room. Facts, I think, facts, I think facts, facts. I think this vaccine is going to go down. Gym. It's going to go down in history as the biggest human travesty ever created in civilization's history and what are we going to do about it grant what are we going to do about it? 100 well, i just come in here and just keep giving my unprofessional viewpoint until i'm right or wrong and you know yeah, I, but I, I got i got a question for mary right before before we do this thing real quick mary are you here of course yeah mary so you know my wife took my kids to the you know their doctor i think that you call them pediatrician about a month ago and the doctor was trying to advise my wife that it it would be smart to vaccinate my two-year-old and my one-year-old for covid right what are your thoughts matter of fact i'm I'm, i don't want you to give me a long answer just give me a short 10 second answer what are your thoughts about kids getting vaccinated that person should lose their license that's what i think 
that doctors should now, lose their license. There's a fi- 5,000 children. First of all, 5,000 But instead, ch- instead, they'll be rewarded. Yeah, exactly. 5,000 children. That's a fact. Wait, 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 ten second answer. Ten so, second answer. Okay, that's it. No, I just want to make a point. So, I just want to make. I want to make. I want to say this. No, five thousand people under the age of nineteen, and then nineteen thousand under the age of twenty nine. So that's what it was. Out of a million people that died of COVID during the Delta guys, during the most the most serious, um, uh, the serious. Um, part of the covid time that we had that's all that died and they didn't die necessarily from covid they died with covid and they didn't talk about any pre-existing you know comorbidities or anything else that's how many five thousand children out of a million that's point yeah zero 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 four percent i've said it a million absolutely, times absolutely so, absolutely you know and now so I, 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 is a cold so yeah that would be insane mary that's like 210 I'm seconds i'm done <laughs> so the reason why i asked that question you know, number one, this is probably well, Mary. Mary, it's only point zero zero five. Just so you know, just to get your math right, because Tira is going to call you out on it. There's only one hundred percent. And so, you know, it, it's and you know what I found out was a lot of pediatricians are actually recommending the COVID vaccine for kids. So here's what we did, right? We set up a space. The links up top, by the way, everybody in the room, hit that link up top right now. We're about to open that space up in about 60 seconds. The link's in the Twitter nest. The link's on a billboard. I'm, I'm calling it the billboard. How, Twitter, how Twitter you, nest is lame. How do you find which one it is, though? Oh, I see. It's, it the, it's the most recent one, right? So we brought that conversation to the forefront. We invited a bunch of doctors, pro-vax, anti-vax, people who believe in vaccinating kids, and people who don't believe in it. We're going to have a massive debate. Right now, so everyone in this room, we're transitioning Yo, boy, to the link. Boy, uh, up. Dude, you, you took that from my invitation against. Man, somebody mute that guy. Grant, what do you say? Your guy Copeland's gonna come. Man, I, I don't think so, man. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to start that room right now. Links up top. Let's transition, GC. Let's talk about it. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Appreciate you. Your input, though. 